Hey there, hi there, hello there, welcome back once again to another very exciting episode of the Disney Compendium, Volume 32. As usual, I am your host, JJ, and over there, on the other end of my line, is my good friend, my co-host extraordinaire, Nick. Nick, how you doing? Doing great, JJ. We made it. We made it. Disney's Hamlet, baby. Yeah. There we go. Finally, what we've needed. Ghost Dad. <laughs> Ghost Not the Bill Cosby Ghost Dad. <laughs> Murderous Uncle. Murderous Uncle. Yeah, all good. Yeah, it's all there. Stealing Thrones. It's all, it's all there for you. Elton yeah, John. Uh, I'm pretty sure Elton John was in Hamlet. I may but yeah. I'm, I, I may be remembering things wrong, but I'm pretty sure he was in he was in the background somewhere. Yeah, he was in the background somewhere. He, because as we know, John, Elton John's really inconspicuous. <laughs> back, back, like that was the thing. Like uh, Shakespeare was just like, look at this inconspicuous man back then. <laughs> <laughs> this guy with like the <laughs> the platform heels and the glowing sunglasses. Yeah, stick him in the back somewhere. <laughs> uh, June fifteenth, nineteen ninety four, The Lion King. Yeah, I Leo, did, Jungle did, Emperor Leo. <laughs> yeah. So, did you see this in uh, theaters when it first came out? Absolutely. Guess what? I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> because <too> for it. <laughs> no, I had the chance to. We were at summer break, and my mom and my sister were like, "Hey, we're going to Lion King." I'm like, cool. I want to go Lion King, and my dad's like. Oh, but I'm going to go see the Flintstones. Why don't you come with me? So I saw the Flintstones. <laughs> well, you certainly made a choice. Um, mm-hmm. What that choice was good or bad, <laughs> I'm not going to say, but you did make a choice. Did the Flintstones open the same weekend as the Lion King? It, it was a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> what day, when did the Lion King open again, I say? Uh, June 15th, 1994. June 15th. June fifteenth. It, don't tell me that's when that movie decided it was going to open. I don't know if it came out at the same time, but it was out. <laughs> I have to see now. This is for okay. my own. Okay. <laughs> I have to know when the when the Flintstones came out. Nope. I keep spelling Flintstones wrong. Uh, looks like you. Oh, May 27th, so it had been out. Oh, yeah. For a few weeks at this point. Yep. I didn't say it was new. I just said we saw it. <laughs> okay. Well, I look. The Flintstones, the original live-action movie. Not necessarily a bad movie. Mm, uh, look, I, I've only seen two movies with my dad, just me and him, ever. One was the Flintstones and one was Casino Royale, so I'm fit, I'm one for two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you hate Casino Royale so much, but <laughs> no, I know. It's like, yeah. I know you go with your dad all the time, and you see good movies. Not my old man; he hates. He likes garbage. <laughs> yeah. like, he, my dad, my dad, constantly is trying to take me to uh, Mark Wahlberg movies, which I just really don't. <laughs> I, 
I can't. I can't. I can't. Let's go see. Uh, let's go see the I, Italian job. Let's yeah, go. It's like no, I don't want to see contraband. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are, sitting in the movie theater watching contraband. <laughs> like we bought tickets to see this movie. <laughs> We're the, we are. We are probably two of the twenty-five people on the planet that could say we went opening weekend to contraband. Yeah. <laughs> And five of them are Wahlbergs. Yeah. It's always funny when you go to those movies, you're like, huh, I paid money to see this movie in the theater when it's going to be like, yeah, probably on TNT in like six months. Yeah. I mean, and and we're talking like, you know, we're, it's like, yeah, it's like, you know, this, this is going to be on DVD in like three months. We could just wait. But no, no, I, I paid movie theater prices for something like that. So. I I paid movie theater prices because a friend of mine wanted to go see the Chris Hemsworth Red Dawn. Oh, yeah. Notable because that movie had been done for like five years. <laughs> but he was the new hotness at the time. Yeah, it was like per, it was like permanent. Like you know, indefinitely shelved for various reasons. Most of it being that they had to edit the heck out of it to remove any instance of like actual recognizable evil country. Right. <laughs> Make it a generic evil foreign foreign mega power. Yep. Um, yep. It was it was a movie that was made. It certainly exists. Um, but yeah. Uh, it's like whenever you think about some movies that you saw, like I I had to go see uh, Van Helsing opening weekend, huh? It's, <laughs> it's an interesting move. Okay, sure. It's it's like why did I buy a ticket to see Never Back Down? Don't know, but yeah. I did. <laughs> I was very excited to see opening weekend uh, when they remade The Wolfman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Boy, I Universal I Monster thought- movies. Like heck yeah, new one in theaters. I'm gonna go see the Wolfman. Benicio del Toro's a big fan. That should be great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh, this is uh oh, uh oh. (laughs) Oh dear. Yeah, yeah. So, Lion King, not one of those movies. Uh, No. Uh, uh, Hey, if you're uh, you have a choice between seeing Lion King and Flintstones, (laughs) watch watch the Lion King. Unless unless you're Nick's dad, then choose the Flintstones. <laughs> My dad would still choose the Flintstones. Like to this day, him. if you put a DVD on the Absolutely. Coffee, if you took two DVDs out, put them on the coffee table and say, pick one, he would grab the Flintstones yes. without yes, hesitation. He <laughs> yes, he would. <laughs> He's, he, he and I started watching Hard Rain like five years ago, and he'll still occasionally ask if we can finish it. It's like, that's Hard Rain. It's not... <laughs> No, we're not. But, no, we're not going back to hard rain. <laughs> granted, I love hard rain, but you know, <laughs> it'll be on TV eventually. Uh, movie is notable for one major, major reason, and it's other than being a massive success. Obviously, um, right? This is the last movie of the. Michael Eisner, Frank Wells partnership because a couple mm-hmm. of months prior to release, Frank Wells died in a um, helicopter accident. Right. There's a memoriam uh, for him at the end of the, at the, end of the, at the end of the, during the credits, there's an in memoriam for Frank Wells, who was president. And um, 
you know, it's, it's the beginning of the end of um, sort of Michael Eisner, mm-hmm. even though it takes several years. Uh, the loss of Frank Wells sort of starts spiraling. Michael Eisner, you know, things start happening and he starts making worse and worse decisions and he has a medical event, um, the Katzenberg stuff, everything. Right. Uh, like this is, and you notice it really quickly to like the movies from here on out are, are just on a steady downward trend. Uh, I'm not saying, yeah. so I'm not saying like even there's some that are kind of come out in the, what would be to us a few weeks, but you know, in a few years of yeah. studio time, there's some movies that aren't up to the quality of these last several that we've done but are still like really good movies. But again, yeah. it's, it's, it's a noticeable trend of quality and, um, going forward. And you'll see it everywhere at Disney. Like, you know, theme park get hit, the, the, you know, the animation division gets hit, you know, things like TV and film tend to be holding on. Okay. But not I feel like it's, I feel like it's more up and down because uh, like next week, uh, we have Pocahontas, which Pocahontas. down from this, then yeah. you have Hercules, which is better than Pocahontas, I think. Yeah. And, and then you have uh, Punchback, which down from, you know, then, the, yeah. then you have Mulan. So it's kind of like up and down, up and down, yeah. up and down. Yeah. Um, but, like, uh, they don't back down on music in any no. of these, which is, like, no. which is good because, like, they're mass, like, the musically. But even in terms of, like, money, it's, it's a definite noticeable trend. Um, they gave Mel Gibson a song in the next movie, guys. Yeah, they did. Think about they sure that. did. But, did they uh, cut it? But it's it's on the soundtrack. It exists, and it's there. Um, this though, this is the Lion King promoted. This Disney promoted this movie as their first, like, oh, wholly original idea. So, yeah. <laughs> which, like. Yeah, it's arguable, but uh, <laughs> for reasons we mentioned at the top of the show. But then, yeah. Kimbo the White Lion and those. Kimbo the yeah. White Lion. Um, I don't know if we should get just get into the Kimba stuff out the gate, or if we should kind of pepper it in or whatever. I feel like getting it out of the gate is probably the better scenario because sure. it's it's going to take it's gonna, it's not going to take a long time, but it is there is sort of minute details that wrap into the plot a little bit and stuff. So, um, King of the White Lion is, uh, um, started off as a manga series, a Japanese comic book for those that yep. don't know, um, in the fifties. And its original run was in the, from 50 to 54 by, um, Osamu Tezuka, um, best known for Astro Boy. Um, that's he's the guy like, looks like Bob's big boy. Yeah, he looks, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a little Bob's big boy is you know robot in his underpants and you know um, Tezuka was well known, uh, massive um, artist. He was at, at the height of his popularity. He was known as the Walt Disney of Japan, um, and like he was a massive Disney fan. Like he loved Walt Disney stuff to the point like he made Japanese comic adaptions of Bambi. Um, huh. Yeah, um, like so, and, and like, and I think they they would have they met at the World's Fair at one point, and like, like 
the story goes that Walt says that, you know, I hope someday to make something as good as Astro Boy. Uh, which is, you know, that's 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 a nice thing to say to a creator who is inspired by you. Right. So had Walt actually seen Astro Boy? Hmm. Yeah, I, he, I, oh. he would. I mean, being being animation and wanting to know, yeah. like, what's going on, I'm almost certain he's yeah. seen Astro Boy. This is, you know, the early 60s. Um, when it was animated, right? Uh, you know, or, you know, you, you know, Astro Boy's it's just it's always been around. It feels like it's like one of those earliest you know, cartoons. You know, it's a black and white cartoon. Right. <laughs> so it's you know, it, it, and this it, is it was part of the Fox Kids lineup later on when they brought it back. I think. Right? Yeah, there's been multiple yeah reboots of Astro Boy and like some of varying success there was not that long ago there was a movie <laughs> um, color me but, surprised yeah. um but yeah you know so a massive success and, and so when he created uh um kimba the white lion it's when you read it kimba itself is closer in tone to um uh, bambi it's mm-hmm. sort of it's sort of his version of Bambi, very similar in tone and execution, because he was a bit massive fan of Bambi. That was like, you know, that was sort of a big inspiration to him. Um, so th- and there was there was an animated series, an anime released in 1965 of Kimba the White Lion, and again massive success. You know, inspired obviously again by Bambi, uh, like a massive success where it was. The first colored anime. Oh wow! Yeah, which uh, is saying which is crazy to think that, like you know, again, he's the Walt Disney of Japan, so of course he's going to push that limit. Um, and so when the Lion King comes out, this series is already incredibly well known. And you can't setting it in a an African setting like this. You're going to run across similarities. You can't help it, right? But people will tell you that, and with good reason. It's like some of these things are beyond just similarities. Um, there's a lot besides of besides the name. Yeah, besides the name. Um, and the story goes that Matthew Broderick, when he signed on, he just assumed he was doing the Kimba movie. Like, the, oh, Disney's adapting Kimba. Like, that was, <laughs> like, he was telling people that I'm going to be Kimba in this. And that, that that's like, they're just, you know, that's, they're just saying it wrong or whatever. You know? but, Matthew Broderick, huge weeb. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, because it's the 60s. I mean, at this point, Speed Racer was also already a hit right. in America. So, like, Kimba and Speed Racer were, you know, already on a market. Right. American Tales and translated and everything. So it was a thing that everyone knew. Um, and you can't help but notice similarities. The similar things of like, like shot, like side by side, they look similar. Right down to seeing your dead father in the stars in the sky and things <laughs> like that. Like, like there, there is, there are just massive similarities. Um, I don't, I think the problem that, really falls into it is is that the stories aren't the same right um lion king really is more hamlet whereas kimba is more bambi like it, it is their sort of, it is their bambi story 
Um, and because it's more about humans, like humanity interacting with nature kind of thing in Cuba, right. as opposed to Lion King, which is just African wilderness. But um, I think the major problem I have is that the people involved are so clearly lying about certain stupid things. Like, so they're the know, real Lion Kings. Yeah, they're the Lion Kings. Yeah, yeah. because they will say things like, "Oh, like, oh, I, I, we never saw, I never saw, thing. you know, I, I never saw Kimba. I don't even know his existence or whatever." It's like that's that could patently be untrue because the the director of the movie, um, like lived and was working in animation in the eighties in Tokyo. <laughs> so he's, he knew of it. Like again, <laughs> Tezuka was the Walt Disney of Japan. There right. was there's there was there was stuff going on in the eighties with Kimba. There is a less than zero percent chance that he has like, you know, no idea what right. Kimba the White Lion is. Absolutely not. Your 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 star knew what Kimba the White Lion was. Um And uh, you're an animator. Yeah, you're an animator. <laughs> you're an animator in Japan at the height of Tezuka's career. Like, it, it, this makes zero sense. Like, it, it's that stuff that makes people, that that furthers the controversy surrounding it. Like, there's like, why are you just lying about it? Your animators knew nothing about Kimba? Your lead actor knew what Kimba was. Roy Disney. Roy Disney, when he was talking about the movie, accidentally said Kimba at one point. So, like, so- yeah, it's like, like yeah, I was there. Uh, Robotech, what's what's that? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it makes no sense. And and early shots of like early, like if you see early sort of presentation shots, show mm-hmm. Simba as a white lion. <laughs> um, so it's like I don't think they ripped off. Kimba. I don't think they just took Kimba and made their own version. I think they I think some things are just circumstance. I think it's just like it's an African setting. Of right. course they're going to have you know, a baboon character that's like, an, you know. An antelope and whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, you know, now the fact that some of them are very, very similar to one another like the baboon characters between both have very similar sort of presence in the movie, but again, you're doing African, African-based story. Things are going to be similar. There's right. a couple of the things, the things that are like this, seeing him in the stars and everything. Um, I, 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 you would have a hard time convincing me that it wasn't just an animator inspired by it, a storyboarder. Like, you know, he's a director. Like I said, the director lived in Japan in the eighties. Like yeah. it, it, it'd be hard for me to think, uh, Otherwise, I don't think it's a hundred percent. I like. I don't think it's them trying to steal Kimba, but I think they stole some visual cues from it for sure because it was. It, it had to have been burned in some people's minds. If you're in animation, uh, you had been for probably several years. You would absolutely know what Kimba the White Lion is, especially throughout the '80s. That would, you would have absolutely known. Uh, so, so, so I mean, what's the and, and, well, and, Oh, and, and and there was no lawsuits or anything around it because yeah. the studio, you know, the, the Tezuka's family or whatever, would have known that there's no way you're winning against Disney. Like there's right. there's, there's like a zero percent 
chance that you're gonna win against Disney. So like it never went anywhere. It was just like what would be the Harbin going like, yeah, you know what? There was some inspiration there. Like, yeah, what, why are you pushing this narrative? Like, uh, we just pull that out of our butt. Like, man, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Mm. I just, it, it's the narrative of none of the animators knew about it. That, like, that is 100% impossible. Like, there's because no way. There's it, no it, way. It, it, like, you're in the animation industry and your director lived in Japan in the 80s as an animator. Because animators are influenced by. Surprise! Other animators. Yeah, it's usually like um, it's drawn. I just like drawn. Like, it's like <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's like no Looney Tunes. I, yeah, no, that's just you just came What's up with that? that. We just came yeah. up with Looney Tunes. I don't care that it's a silly symphonies. I don't know. It's no, we just had an idea of musical cartoons, funny musical cartoons. It's so silly symphony. So you know, there's, you know, Looney Tunes. Yeah, it's like no, we, we get it. Like you saw something that was good. And you said, I could do something good, too. <laughs> so, so yeah, so the controversy is there. The controversy will never go away. Disney, I, I, it's like, in, you know, in Japan, it's, it's a whole other story. If you go over there and have this same conversation, it's, you know, they stole every ounce of this movie. Um, which, again, untrue. If anything, Kimba is more... I stole more from Bambi than this movie stole from Lion King. <laughs> or from from Lion King stole from Kimba, Jungle on Blue Leo, or whatever you're talking about. So, yeah. yeah so, so, they're, so, hey, look, hey, guess what? We're even. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's all, and, you know, and he did work with Disney. Like, I, you know, the, those he did the manga adaptions of Bambi and stuff. Like, you know. Right. And him and Walt knew each other. Things. Like, you know, it's. So, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting story that kind of it goes nowhere and it will go nowhere for eternity because it just is what it is and it doesn't change the fact that this movie is phenomenal and no but it doesn't change yeah because again this movie is not like plot wise it's not like kimba it, like aesthetically it's very much like kimba um <laughs> but yeah plot wise not <laughs> as we said it's hamlet yeah, it's Hamlet. It's the, the 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 plot's Hamlet. So again, Disney promoting it as their own wholly original. Um, yeah, plot. It's like again, a little tenuous there, but okay. Sure. Yeah. It just so. it's just hard. It's just hard to piece together the source materials. What they're saying. Yeah, um, I love. Spoiler alert, the thing that's kind of interesting about this movie that I love is that it, it inexplicably has a late title card. <laughs> uh, when, we, when we say late title card, it is the final scene, the Lion King yeah. credits. Like, you can't get a later title card than end of movie. Like, the only way you could get that is they put it after the credits. Yeah, stay tuned after the credits yeah. for the title of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Because at the end is when he becomes the Lion King. Yes. It's, it's like at the end of Batman Begins, where it, it, Batman Begins is the same thing, where it has the late title card at the very end of the movie of Batman Begins. It's like, well, I mean, technically, this is where Batman's beginning now at this point. Right. So. Yeah, the movie ends, you get that thud, the Lion King. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, start off. I guess we can go into the plot of Lion King. Get in there. Castlevania. 
<laughs> well, it's that you're going to have to expand upon that joke for the listeners because I know what that is. <laughs> so my son has been watching me play yeah, the Castlevania collection that Konami put out recently. That's uh, like, what, eight games, I think? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a video game collection for people that are here just with Disney talk. And not yeah, talk. It's, it's a video game collection where you're basically going around, your goal is to kill Dracula. Well, yeah. that's, let's boil it down that way. My son's been watching me play it, and we watched The Lion King last night, and as soon as the opening song comes in, he goes, Castlevania. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which to the, to I, the I find amusing as his father. Yeah. <laughs> and as somebody who loves Castlevania. <laughs> yeah, and, and as you say it, I was like, I, it's like, I guess that, and he keeps saying it in your head over and over again. It's like, yeah, no, that's exactly how the... Uh, how it lines up. It lines up perfect. So, yeah. That's ruined for me forever. So, yep. And we yeah. decided that for you, uh, big Castlevania nerds, uh, we decided that uh, it's now uh, Can You Hear the Symphony of the Night? <laughs> it's Circle of the Moon. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we start off with uh, the birth of Simba. Uh, I mean, that's it's basically it. That's what the movie starts yeah. off with the birth of Simba. Rafiki. going, I don't know, what, what is Bro it? hugs Mufasa. Yeah. Yeah, it gives him just a real hearty hug. It, uh, it puts some sticky stuff on Simba's head. Yeah, cracks open a fruit, fruit? Some, fruit yeah. of some sort. Takes the uh, pulpy goodness from the inside. I, I don't know if this is how culturally ignorant I am. It's like a thing that I don't know about. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like it is, it, and I just don't know it. I don't know enough about, you know, cultural, like, African anything, I guess. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah. Yeah. Hey, guess what, guys? For audio listeners only, we're just two white dudes. So <laughs> two, we're, yeah. we're pretty ignorant. Yeah, pretty ignorant when it comes to this kind of stuff. But, yeah, it's just a whole big ceremony going on. He put that sweet stickiness on the on that baby's head. Yeah, he's gonna he, uh, just he's marinating the cub. And, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I can't, I, I can't. The internet has ruined a lot of things. So it's the uh, when like Rafiki has Simba like with yeah. his, like the picture of like him and he just like, throws him off the top of the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> like that's like I was waiting for that in my mind when watching the movie again. <laughs> just throwing Simba you know, off my- the cliff. Uh, my, one of my favorite memes from Lion King was years ago. Remember when CM Punk was in the Nexus and uh, he turned on Wade Barrett and the help me brother scene and he turned <laughs> Wade Barrett's reaching for Punk. <laughs> yes. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're what is it? After the we're met, we're, we meet Scar shortly after this. Yeah, yeah. Where voiced by uh, Jeremy Irons. Yeah, doing Jer- Jeremy's Iron. <laughs> That's just... Pretty good for first try. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, with Mustafa being, I have a ball. Perhaps you'd like to bounce it. <laughs> You're just, it's just, it's it now. We're just gonna do Simpsons. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Simpsons did make a reference. Uh, oh, with the, yeah, with exactly what we we're talking about earlier. With the, it's like, it's like, like, 
Hello, Kimba. I mean Simba. Yeah. <laughs> this is CNN. <laughs> there we go. Got that one out of the way. It was bound to come yeah. up sooner or later in this. Whether it be here uh, or when we actually get to that scene in the movie. But. Oh, yeah, we should talk about that. Like, uh, the only returning voice actor is Jamie Riddle Jones. Yeah. He's coming back as Mufasa, which is yes. exciting. Yeah. It's it's always funny when they do, like, we're going to do a reboot, but they bring back and are, like a person. Like, it's going to be our own separate thing. But also, we're bringing this person from the original one here. <laughs> like, But he's the voice of Mufasa. So, yeah. I mean, like, like you, you, if you want to slide in Donald Glover as Simba, that's fine. <laughs> hey, man, that's that's fine. But, but uh, I do like Mufasa being like, hey, so you weren't at the party. <laughs> yeah. Uh, doing the exact opposite of, like, Maleficent, or it's like, yeah. <laughs> where she wasn't invited to the party. You were invited to the party, dude. <laughs> he's you're like, my, yeah, you're he, my brother. He, he he just chews the scene as it's gone. Oh yeah! Like every scene that he's in, he's just hamming it up, and I love it. <laughs> it really is. He, like he understands that it's a Shakespearean play. Like <laughs> I'm afraid I got the shallow end of the gene pool. <laughs> yeah, he's great in this role. Um, uh, I do like uh, um, Mufasa explaining to Simba, the circle of life and all that stuff. Like they do a lot of fatherly interactions. Yeah. So when what comes, when, when what happens happens, there's a little more weight harder. Yeah. Because you do see multiple scenes of him interacting positively with his dad and his dad, not his dad being a positive influence on him and trying to balance being King and being dad. And yeah. explaining to him, like, you know, this is, you know, you're my son, but also I have to think about, like, this is going to be yours someday. Yeah. Um, and you uh, have to think about that, too. There, there's a reason this movie resonates with men that either didn't know their father or their dad died at a young age. So it's like, yeah, 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 it's. Yeah. So um, Scar. Obviously, this being Hamlet wants the throne. Right. Um, and so he concocts a plot to uh, get uh, both Mufasa and Simba out of the picture. Yep. So he tricks Simba to go to the elephant graveyard. Yep. Um, and so Which Mufasa's already said, don't go over there. Yeah, and Foss already said, you know, you know, what about where the light doesn't touch? <laughs> oh, just don't. <laughs> That's yeah. not you. Don't go there. Um, so, this ain't it, chief. Yes. Um, so yeah, Simba. Uh, we're also, you know, with Nala. We're introduced to Nala as well. Yeah. The water hole. <laughs> yeah. The little girl that plays Nala is absolutely <laughs> killing it. Like. Yeah. Like she understands what's going on, and yeah. like, yeah, she does a great job. I love better than I love, better than Jonathan Taylor Thomas does. Yeah, the, the two lines I love hers is the water hole and pinch you again. Yeah. yeah, just the perfect yeah, just perfect line delivery. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Simba and Nala sort of. Just, like the moms both know, like yeah, okay, the water hole. 
home, wink, wink, just go out and do your thing. Yeah. <laughs> You're betrothed to one another anyway, so you might as well get to know one another. Yeah. Um, and that's, but you have to take Zazu with you. Right. Uh, voiced by the one and only Rowan Atkinson. AKA Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean. Yeah. Mr. Bean himself. Or the guy who was very much Mr. Bean, but they couldn't call him Mr. Bean in the movie Rat Race. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That was, yeah, yeah. So, or um, was it? Uh, I can't remember. Blackadder. Is that what that? Yeah, he was also. Have you ever seen? Um, oh God, what was that? Love Actually. He's in that too. Love Actually. Yep, he is in Love Actually. He's that. He's that really annoying jeweler. Yeah. Um, Johnny English himself. Yeah, Johnny <laughs> English. Uh, that's who. Um, I think it's. John Oliver anymore? It sounds right to me. And the is it, is it, John Oliver always seems to be just be doing Zazu in his day to day life. So <laughs> he looks like John. I mean, he looks like Zazu. Yeah. So you so put a beak on him. He's Zazu. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so they concoct the big scheme to break away from Zazu, uh, and that scheme is a massive musical number. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, with uh, I just can't wait to be king. Uh, right, absolutely phenomenal song. Like, fantastic which it, song? And Disney in the king it hard. <laughs> like, yeah, they use reuse that song despite like Circle of Life being like, and can you feel the love tonight? Sort of being the tentpole songs of this movie. When you go to anything Disneyland or theme parks or anything, they lean into. Uh, uh, can't wait to be king. Can't be king. Yeah. Which uh, it, it's the one song from this movie that I prefer the movie version as opposed to the Elton John version. Yeah. 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 It's a yeah. It's a great song. It's it's a funny song. Like visually, yeah. like it, it loses something when you don't have the animation part with it. Right. Um, and I think the uh, Mickey's Phil Her Magic version is just as yeah. It's uh, fun. It's, it's really it's fun. fun. Yeah, plays really well. Um, and it's in 3D. Well, this was in 3D at one point too. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah, they, by using this song, they're able to break away from Zazu and get to the elephant graveyard, where uh, uh, Shenzi, Bonsai, and Ed are waiting for them, which are the three hyenas. Cheech is back. Cheech back again for a much better role. But a much better movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, Whoopi Goldberg. And uh, uh, Jim Cummings. Jim Cummings is the uh, mute one, Ed. Yeah. Jim Cummings is uh, like his wheelhouse. Just sounds. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Don't, uh, don't Google Jim Cummings, though. Yeah. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Just assume uh, everything's okay. Everything's all right. Yeah. <laughs> you can type, if you're on, if you're currently on IMDb, you can type his name in. <laughs> it's like, what has he done? Don't read any trivia or any of the forum questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it out. He did those things. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, you get the, uh, yeah, the three spotted hyenas again. Uh, great voice a, casting. A, a great voice casting and, um, another thing that was like borrowed from Kimba, like the main villain lion with a scar 
both again yeah. kimba has a main villain line with a, with one eye uh has his hyena henchman again these are just things like a lion would have we're gonna have henchmen hyenas just make this make sense yeah because they're, yeah, Africa, yeah. it's the african <laughs> wild so yeah, yeah. i think what he's gonna have a gazelle though <laughs> no gonna have hyenas because <laughs> turncoat and gazelle yeah um so yeah I don't like oh what were you gonna say i, I like it he just ha- like this he, he just like hands him like a hunk of zebra hide like there you go yeah it's like that's kind of gross dude uh i like that this movie doesn't really like it, it lets you know like you know this still is the wilds like yeah like they are going to kill these animals and that's uh, the circle of life thing that's um that's the way of sort of getting out of showing it is the speech right. that Mufasa gives Simba with the circle of eyes speech. But like, you know, there's still plenty of references and things going on. He's like, I said, the, the zebra leg or whatever. Being right. Um, uh, so yeah. So the, uh, the kids are attacked in the elephant graveyard. Um, Mufasa learns of this from Zazu. And, um, uh, this is where you get the uh, another touching father and son moment after the re- after the rescued, thanks to yeah. um, Mufasa and Mufasa just like s- stepping his foot down on these uh, hyenas, like yeah. I like the oh, this is your kid. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, to, uh, and Ed's like yeah, Ed, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ed trying to yeah, Ed almost turning completely heel on those buddies. We, we get Faith Sim- Simba's hilarious little roar here, and they're making fun of him for it. And... Yeah, and then you get the uh, goes for another roar, and Mufasa's walking down. Yeah, but uh, he, yeah, so like you know, he's mad at Simba, but again, it is a look. <laughs> You'd have to like think about things sometimes. <laughs> All right. of the great kings of the past are watching over us. Uh, you know, which, uh, like, you know, Black Panther also does this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> They're like this exact same scene. So, yeah. um, so you can't blame, like, it, it's like we're, we're Inception. We're three layers deep in this scene. Like, <laughs> like Kimba does the scene. Lion King does the scene. The Simpsons do the scene. And uh, now, like, Black Panther does the scene. How many more, how many more, like, you know, layers in can you go until you kicked out spin but, your little top and find out which which movie which reality you're in <laughs> i mean in the case of black panther like it's still it's still african heritage so yeah, yeah. maybe and there's the something like, to it where it's like yeah you know again that's given the setting you can yeah these are things that happen like this is like that's a thing that's not yeah. just you know it's, it's a not trope just, yeah it's a trope so you know of course <laughs> Um, but now, uh, Scar, his plan fell apart, so it's time for another trap. Uh, much, uh, a much more, uh, oh, excuse me, it's a gorge. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Springfield it's Gorge. A, it's a gorgeous gorge. <laughs> the George's um, Gorge. Yeah, so Scar lures Simba into this gorge. And the hyenas startle the wildebeests. Um, and so you have Scar running to tell Mufasa about, you're in trouble. 
Uh, oh no! <laughs> oh no! I have to go save my son again. I'm getting real sick of this brat. <laughs> what else? Scar does a really good job of like, oh no, he's Seba's down there. <laughs> yeah, he does a really good like. He's trying his best to not like let it be known <laughs> what's going on. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Mufasa rushing to save Simba, um, finds himself hanging from. Uh, edge of a cliff right uh, we should point out here scar has tko'd zazu yes before he can run back yeah. for help so exactly so that doesn't see what goes down um so yeah so zazu isn't just like being useless here he's just down for the count during this um so because scar needs to make sure that nobody knows what's going on um, because he needs, because you know, if you know, if it's discovered that he caused the death, then what's you know, he'll be overthrown immediately. And it's, yeah, yeah. So you know, he needs to cover all of his bases, and he does um, for the most part until the end, until he realizes probably should have just killed Simba. <laughs> yeah, and also not have revealed your your uh, your secret to him. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so Scar. Uh, yeah, he's hanging from Mufasa, hanging from the edge of the cliff, and is helping, begging for Scar to save him. But uh, that falls on deaf ears. Yep. Uh, you get the claw retraction, stab into the paws, with the uh, perfectly delivered, along with the king. Uh, yeah. uh, just like, I wonder how many takes that was to get it just right. I. Well, it was better than the one from Godzilla. So, <laughs> it's true. It's very put true. It, put it that. Put it that way. Yeah. Get the long live the king and the animation on the like on Mufasa's face when he's like, "Oh, I've been hoodwinked." Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. As he falls to his death. Um. Again, uh, this is this is Bambi level of like trauma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Probably worse because you actually see the corpse. <laughs> you don't see him die. Yeah, it's, but, it was implied he's trampled to death. Yeah, it's implied that he's trampled to death because he falls into the wildebeest as they're rampaging, so um, stampeding down the gorge. Um, uh, so you know, cut to Simba trying to wake him up. Yeah, uh, just like it's a hard scene. It's, really it's tough. It's, it's, it's really tough. Sad cool. because there's there's a lot of actual like emotion in the voices, and to see him trying to bump his dad awake and then crawling into his dad's arms to hold him, kind yeah. of thing. It's very heartbreaking. Um, and it's done so well, and it's because the animation is sort of at its peak at the studio at this point. Like it looks good. Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah. I mean you. I've seen that movie like, dozens of times. I'm sure you've yeah. seen it more than that. It still hits you every yeah. time. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Some Poor baby lion. Just, yeah, yeah. Like it's still like it's it's like it's a baby still. Like I don't know how much time has passed, but it hasn't been much. Yeah. Um, still getting, you know, still having your mom lick you clean as a as a kitten, you know, <laughs> like yeah. Um. Uh, but then uh, Scar comes. <gasps> Simba, what have you? done you know <laughs> like uh turn to a thousand wildebeest and travel with my dad yeah, yeah. yeah. um 
uh, so he convinces Simba that he did this. This was your fault. You have to get out of here. You can never show back up again. Um, and Simba runs off and he sends the hyenas after him to kill him. Um, he gets away. <laughs> yeah, he gets, very, like, like, the, bram- the bramble. You know, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's the end of like the prayer rabbit. Like, yeah. don't throw me into that briar patch. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so there's like, eh, he didn't make it. <laughs> it's 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 something they kind of they revisit later on with pain and panic and Hercules. Like, yeah, he you know he's probably dead. He's fine. Yeah, yeah he's <laughs> we just dead. won't say anything. Yeah, it's like, listen, he's probably dead. There's nothing like Scar won't know any different. He's run off. Whatever. If he didn't survive, he thinks he did it. So what's the matter? <laughs> so um, Scar returns to the Pride and tells the Pride that, hey, uh, the uh, the kid and the king were killed, so uh, now I'm king. So <laughs> and and my friends here get to live with us. My friends with the glowing green eyes. Yeah, not totally. My, not- my non-ominous friends are now living with us. It's cool if my buddies crash here, right? Right. They're not going to pay rent or anything, though. But, yeah, you know, and they're right. going to eat all your food uh, and not replenish it. But, I mean, it's they're cool. They're cool. Yeah. Come on, man. They just want to spread good vibes, bro. Yeah. They're you just trying to just need a place. They're trying to get their GED. It's cool. Yeah, man. Um, we did miss out on talking about uh, Scar's Scar's musical number of Be Prepared. Um, yeah, uh, it's a relatively the, insignificant number because it doesn't really have any. It doesn't really move the plot forward particularly too much. It's just sort of the evil monologue in song form. It's not like um, uh, Poor Unfortunate Souls or something. No, it's just a song, and it's not a bad song. But but it's the weakest. It's a good of every one of, of every right song. the. The most significant part of it is the Nazi, is the hyenas marching like Nazis. Yes, that, including the eye, including the eyes right and the you know all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like like absolutely uh, no subtlety at all with that. No, <laughs> none. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. So there we go. So uh, Simba running away, uh, just ups and dies in the middle of the uh, desert. <laughs> <laughs> no no okay, water, no food. Die, but, you know, uh, uh, surprisingly enough, uh, John Wick does the exact same thing in John Wick Three, Chapter Three, Parabellum, where he just wanders in the desert until he dies, but doesn't. Uh, <laughs> or that, or that guy from a Quantum of Sauce who wanders the desert and drinks motor oil. <laughs> uh, what was that? So yeah, so this is where you meet Timon and. Pumbaa. Ernie uh, Sabella and Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane, yep. Uh, the mascots of this movie. Um, they're they're great. The, they they're, do with just they, all the voice casting is amazing, and they're maybe the they're, peak, I mean, peak of that. Yeah, and, and they're doing a very you know Abbott and Costello yeah style like bloody thing, like right down to bodies, like you know the fat and skinny one kind of situation. Yeah. So. You know, it's, you know, they knew what they were doing with this and they made right. it into 
hard too. And I think even the uh, the new movie is pretty good casting. Uh, it's uh, Seth Rogen as Pumbaa. Yeah, and, and who- um, uh, Billy Eichner as yeah. uh, Timon, which yeah. good casting there. Good casting there. Uh, yeah. I think I liked about the uh, most recent teaser trailer or teaser posters where they had the character posters um, is people coming to the realization that Puma is spelled with two A's at the end. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've always seen it spelled one. So. Yeah, it's never been one. Yeah. <laughs> it's never been one. Like, like it's it's like the Baron's Berenstain. It's a, Berenstain. the Mandela Berenstain. effect. Yeah, it's like this. Like no, no, it was always Berenstain. It was always two A's for Pumbaa. Go back and look at the cartoon that was on. It was <laughs> Timon and Pumbaa with two A's. What's funny is I think uh, didn't Ernie Sabella and Nathan Lane going to do like Mouse Hunt or something like that? Like weren't they oh, like tied joint the hit for projects for a while? I remember Mouse Hunt. I don't know. I just, I couldn't tell you about any of the other stuff. <laughs> but yeah, they had them do stuff together for a while. Yeah, not Disney, but just like, oh, you guys are fun together. <laughs> yeah. So they find this cub in the uh, middle of the desert, dying. Um, they don't. Uh, at first, he doesn't know it's a cub, and then they move the paw, and he knows recognizes that it's a lion. Which mm-hmm. is, I don't know. That's funny to me. It's like you couldn't tell it was a lion until he moved the hand out of the way. Like yeah. What else was that? Like, what, it's, it's, it? yeah, Puma scares off buzzards from, uh, yeah, eating it. Yeah. So they, they realized, like, you know, if we just befriend this guy, nobody's going to mess with us. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's going to get bigger. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So they just, they buddy up and they learn about, uh, Hakuna Matata. They teach him Hakuna Matata. So this is the song for the movie, right? I mean, I mean, like, you know, Circle of Life and Can You Feel the Love Tonight are sort of the anthems of the movie, like yeah. the actual like radio play songs. But right. Matata is the song. Of yeah, the movie. like it it has lasting appeal, and people just use Hakuna Matata as a as a thing. Like even uh, the word Hakuna Matata means something in pop culture, day to day life. So around the time this movie came out. George Foreman was having, was going through his his comeback in boxing, yeah. And once he won the world title, his first title defense, he came out to Hakuna, Hakuna Matata <laughs> as an entrance song. I mean, yeah, why not? Yeah, it means no worries for the rest of your days. It's our problem-free philosophy. philosophy. Hakuna Matata, actually meaning no worries in Swahili. So yeah. it's not like it's a made-up. <laughs> like, yeah, they just make it up. Yeah. But so, boy, do they slap it on some t-shirts. Boy, <laughs> and beyond. Yep. <laughs> um, so yeah, so yeah, they're 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 teaching him the ways of the force. Uh, yeah. <laughs> learning, you gotta eat bugs. You gotta just live a casual, no worries life. Just a couple of hippies out in the jungle. Just. <laughs> How many bugs does Simba have to eat as he gets bigger? Yeah, it's like he's a like yeah. what, 400 pound <laughs> carnivore, maybe yeah. more than that. Yeah, it's, like, uh, t- t- Pumbaa is going to be very small. Soon. Yeah, like he's not going to have the carbs and the protein that he needs because Simba's eating it all. 
Uh, yeah. That's another thing, like Lion King, in terms of how much it's like you go into like the Disney parks, you get like it's gummy bugs or something. Yeah. Come on, they package like boy, yeah, they really lean into. But Lion King is just one of those things where it's just perfect, perfectly, perfectly marketable. Every oh, yeah. aspect of it from every angle. <laughs> or as I showed you yesterday, a little golden book. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't buy it. Probably should have. Yeah. Um, every movie had a little golden book. I yeah. Bought. I was at half price recently because my mom wanted to get some little children's books for a, um, a, a little baby fam- family member. Mm-hmm. And like I was going through all of them, and of course you know me. It's like, well, why don't you get the little gold books? Look, they've got Lion King. Here's Cinderella. Here's Snow White. Here's Peter Pan. Here's, <laughs> uh, like, here's Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, kids, kids got to learn about the yeah the the floating pervert ghost eventually. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I like how I like how I can read in your brain. Like, oh, I started this joke. How do I? How is a good way? I, I I needed to figure a way. <laughs> like, oh, oh, I'm committed to it. How do I? How yeah. Do I, how do I land this? <laughs> we we can't have bleeps two weeks in a row. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So, so yeah. So there you go. Uh, this also Hakuna Matata. Mm-hmm. Account also as the time jump. Uh, yes, it shows him aging fast, so you don't have to actually watch him grow up. Uh, it's a montage, maybe. A montage. It was a Rocky in the Siberian <laughs> wilderness training in the snow. Well, my my wife pointed out last night that the uh, scar and uh, Simba fight at the end is very Rocky Fourish. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, now we've done our time jump, and uh, Simba is now Matthew Broderick. Yep. And uh, he has to save Timon and Pumbaa because they find a nut- there's a lion trying to kill them, a lioness. Lioness. And this is where you find out it is Nala. Bora Kelly. Yes. Um, Who sounds nothing like her younger counterpart. No, <laughs> no. And I don't believe yeah. for one minute that Jonathan Taylor Thomas grows up to be Matthew Broderick. No. <laughs> um, JTT it, is not Ferris Bueller, sir. Yeah. It's like um, it's like in that How I Met Your Mother. It's like, you're telling me Ted Mosby grows up to be Bob Saget? Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I could buy... I could buy River Phoenix as young Harrison Ford, okay, sure. Yeah. But uh. <laughs> yeah. So um so yeah. Uh, they reunite and it's a wonderful re- they fall in love like instantly. <laughs> yeah. As as they as the other big song from this uh Candace yes. Love Tonight. I do like what, what, the way it starts off with like Timon doing like a snarky version of it, yeah, and then it eventually morphs into the actual song. <laughs> yeah, I, I I like it. The like when I was a kid, I, I, I was watching. I watched this when I didn't really process it till I like watch it with adults, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, 
oh, now let's give him the bedroom eyes. Like, yeah. what? Like, watch. Like, oh, yeah, like, she totally is. Yeah, she is. Yeah. She's, yeah, she's she's definitely saying I'm open for business with you. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I'm, I'm in heat, sir. Yeah. There's, there's one male and it's Scar, and I'm not having any of it. So. Yeah. Um, uh, so, and so, yeah, she's explaining to him that um, the the pride and the pride lands have just fallen to complete disrepair after he left because Scar has taken over and it's been struck. Basically, it's been struck with a drought. Right. Um, there's no the food's gone, the water's gone. It's just it's a hellhole, you know. <laughs> there's no yeah. way to put it. Um, they they've like they're just they're just eating whatever they had what uh, left of the herds they had. They ate them all. Yeah. You get uh, uh, Srabi explain that to Scar later on. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, uh, uh, but like, he is still like grief stricken about like killing his father. And so he storms off where, uh, then he, uh, runs into Rafiki again. Uh, yep. My dad's favorite character in this movie. Rafiki's great. <laughs> Rafiki rules, and my dad will constantly quote the um, "Why does it matter? It's in the past." Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, who's the voice of Rafiki? Um, God, what is his name? Uh, <laughs> I know names. Names constantly um, escape me, even if it's somebody that I really, really love. I'll he's be like, Benson. Who ben- is that? Yeah, yeah, no, it's Benson. It's um uh kill me. Robert Guillaume? Uh Robert Yeah, Guillaume. Robert Guillaume. Yeah. Robert Guillaume. Benson. Yeah. Yeah. So just yeah, absolutely just killing it as <laughs> Yeah. Um uh basically Yoda. I mean it's, it's yeah, oh yeah. It's the Yoda from Empire Strikes Back. Uh just right right into whacking with the stick. Yeah, like just being yeah. being a troublemaker but with a purpose. Like he's being a mm-hmm. troublemaker to teach Simba a lesson. <laughs> which is what And also not telling him the whole truth yeah. about his fathers. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Like you could very easily have just, you know, caused this to move him forward much, much faster, but for whatever reason refused to because you know the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Go look in the water, I guess. Yeah. Now, now I need you to go into this tree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> start, start stealing stuff from uh, Simba. <laughs> from Simba's from Simba's bed kit. Yeah. You steal his breadsticks and whatever the hell else was in there. Yeah. Uh, his flashlight. <laughs> Were those breadsticks? I can never figure out what they were. Like, uh, I mean, space breadsticks. It's Dipping space food. Yeah, <laughs> space food sticks. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it eventually just tell, it's just eventually it's just Rafiki talking in riddles to let him know that no, Mufasa is not. He's dead, but he's not gone. Right. He's, he lives on. You remember the story he told you, right? They're looking after you. Just, the Great Kings. He did a whole thing about it. You were sick. You were there. I saw it. You were there. And then he and then he buries uh, Simba in some dirt. Yeah, and makes him drink the yeah. <laughs> the leaf. Yeah, the power of the Black Panther. Yeah. <laughs> um. 
So, uh, yeah, so Simba, uh, this is where he gets... But this scene also, like, this part, like, this whole nighttime scene is one of those Disney, like, when he, when he plops down into the, into the ground, it makes the green <sighs> go into the air. You can see the word sex here yeah. in the leaves. And you're like, yeah? Okay. It's like, I can okay. also... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a magic eye drawing. It's just yeah. dirt. <laughs> it's um, also like, what does it say about you that you're purposely looking for the word sex? Yeah, where like, it's just like it's a word. It yeah. means a couple different things. Yeah, it's it's like uh, all right. This, this Rorschach test says more about you than it does about the movie. So. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so this is where he's visited by James Earl Jones in the uh, night sky with the uh, wonderful effect. Bleeding Gums Murphy. Yeah, Bleeding Gums Murphy uh, comes to him and <laughs> tells him. Nah. Then they do a, a wonderful nut version of Jazz Man together. Jazz Man! But it's basically, it's like, yo, dog, you need to be king. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's your birthright. Like, <laughs> do it. You gotta save the Pride Land. Um, so now we're met with the uh, sneaking mission. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's Simba. Simba is now Metal Gear Simba. Um, yeah, back. yeah. <laughs> he has to sneak past the hyenas, um, and uh, uh, gets confronts Scar during all right. this. He's who's got Zazu locked up and bones. Yeah, and like a rib cage of some sort of some and... non-existent creature. Like he just made a cage out of rib cage. Yeah. Like out of ribs. It's a good, uh, it's a good look, though. It's a good, good look, look though. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's got yeah. Zazu singing, uh, I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts, which is kind of funny. Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, uh, Scar is like taunting Simba, which is yeah. always a good, which is always a good uh, move for a villain to taunt. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and also to reveal your plan. <laughs> your younger, stronger uh, yeah. uh, challenger. Let's just yeah. come on. I'm just younger, gonna stronger. jab at him. Yeah. yeah, younger, stronger, more motivated. Yeah. Uh, keep in mind that you, you, like your people don't have food, and really neither do you. So yeah. you're also hungry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least he's been eating like hundreds of pounds of bugs a day, or whatever the heck he's eating. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, so this is where Scar makes the big revelation that you know, oh, I killed your dad, and I'm gonna kill you too. Where yeah. we're at the same place where uh, he died. So uh, yeah, but at, at first Simba admits it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now Simba's furious and just immediately yeah. goes for a, like a shoulder roll into Scar and tackles him and pins yeah. him down. Yeah. Um, yeah. and forces him to tell the truth. But it doesn't, like, you know, he's he's confident. Scar is still confident that nothing's going to come of this, which is arrogant enough. <laughs> um, I like this, like, yes, your majesty! <laughs> <laughs> um, I do like he tries to blame the hyenas, which is... Yeah. Of course he would. Of course he would blame yeah. the hyenas. And um, they happen to hear. Yeah. 
And Simba's like, all right, I won't kill you. <laughs> but they might. Uh, and so uh, Scar getting surrounded by hyenas. Um, another grisly end. Well, before that, though. <laughs> yeah. I, I do want to talk about the sweet monkey flip. The, the Scar takes a great bump into the hyena pit, dude. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. Like, yeah. Like, just, um, just like, yeah, just some real backyard wrestling. That's <laughs> <yeah. laughs> like, holy crap. Yeah, he'll tell you, man. And he lands into a bunch of light, tu- bunch of light yeah. tubes. And yeah. There's some sign in there. Yeah, C4 down there to go off when he gets down there. Yep. Um, yeah, again, another... Uh, um. Uh, another just grisly, uh, grisly death for a villain. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no like, oh, maybe he made it out. No, you could, no. you see the silhouette of him getting torn apart by yeah. the hyenas. Yeah, Disney villains tend to go in like grisly ways a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so yeah, I mean that's basically the end of the movie. It starts raining. Simba standing on top of Pride Rock, giving a big old roar. Uh. Uh, you know Nala being like his queen, and late title card, the Lion King. Uh, yep, we get the movie. We get the beginning of the movie again. Yeah. Yep. Where you see there uh, has a knowledge cub who's clearly a male lion, but that'll come up later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh, I'd like the way the credits were laid out in this one because it was interesting. Because each character, like main character, has like who does the voice and like the team yeah. involved in working on the character. Like it has like yeah, you know, yeah, designer and visual layouts and like animators. And so it's like a really interesting, cool way of like giving credit to not just oh this person worked on the movie, but this person specifically worked on this character. Because that's really how yeah. a lot of this stuff works. Like, you're, you're assigned a character, and it's your job to work on this character. And I was like, yeah, you don't really see that in animation. It's usually just a, a you know, all-for-one kind of thing. So it's just, like, you know, right. animated we all did it. list. Um, or, or in some cases, video games, you left during production, so they cut you out of the credits. <laughs> Do you know what one of the cool things about this movie uh as far as casting the voice actors goes, is Mufasa and Sarabi. Yeah, Sarabi. Because because James Earl Jones and Madge Sinclair, who voiced Sarabi, were the yeah. king and queen in Coming to America as well. They so were. They were. Yeah, and so that's kind of like a cool little yeah. Yeah, that again. That can't just that had to no. Be that's 100%. like like once they got James Earl Jones, they're like, well. Why not make Sarabi? <laughs> like the queen, like his wife from Coming to America. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, I mean, it was a big movie, so why not? Yeah, uh, so. they both play African print kings, so it's yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah um, th- this movie then, um, started its life back in 1988. Um, again, a very funny thing about this movie is that. They were also trying to put like a Jungle Emperor Leo movie out at around the same time as this movie coming out, and like Disney was like suing to stop a Western release of it, <laughs> which is just like come on, like they're gonna get confused. They're gonna think that our movie 
is that is that their movie is our movie and it's like well your movie is their movie too so it's, it's circular like just let it happen um, that's and, and like, our name too and, and like their movie started its production before like like in 87 or something <laughs> so, um, so yeah it, it really like <laughs> the really heart of it was like wasn't so much we got to do hamlet it's like we need a story set in africa uh, right which that's i mean yeah all right it makes it makes sense to like yeah. take a pitch pitch a movie that way like a story set in africa what can we do with africa since this is 1988 they're like we, can we get toto to do the soundtrack yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like, can we, <laughs> it's like i think billy joel was probably still open for yeah. no no we're not no no <laughs> uh, uh but uh but yeah so um so yeah it was just one of those things that just started so long before it came out <laughs> that like like that's why there's also a lot of that uh king of the jungles yes you know kimba stuff because you know, right they were also working on it again at the height of you know tezuka mania in japan <laughs> so Again, while this dude was living in Japan. Oh, this guy, well, a guy who ended up being director was living in Japan. Um, but it wasn't um, influenced by Japanese culture at all. Yes. Um, in case you're curious, the original director slated for this movie was the Oliver and Company director. Um, wow. That's a dodge a bullet there, did they? Yeah. Well, but, you know, he... Uh, he ended up being the lead story man of Beauty and the Beast instead. While they were working okay, so he redeemed himself. So he redeemed himself. You know, it's like, no, nah, I think I'm going to do, I'm not going to do another uh, uh, singing animal movie. I'm going to do the singing candlestick movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it was a George Scribner. Scribner, I think it is. Scribner. You see names and it's like, oh. I've only ever read that. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard it. I've never heard anyone say his name before. Uh, uh, they actually went to Kenya to scope out Hell's Gate in particular, to scope out um, like location, like get a good lay of the land, like how they would want to frame. You like, could you could tell that they did their their research. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but Scribner uh, uh, left the project. Um, because they were just, they wanted it, was it Scribner wanted it to be more reality based mm-hmm. and not a musical. And that was not going to happen. It's <laughs> it like, wasn't going to happen. So we made that movie. It's called Bambi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like the actual was like documentary, like uh, film focused on natural aspects, which sounds just like a miserable cartoon. Yeah, like, it's... If, I could just watch one of the Disney True Life Adventures if that's the case. Right. Like, like it's this is a cartoon in the peak of Disney's biggest hits in the last five years. Yeah. have been rousing musical hits. It's like we so, got to sell lunchboxes and backpacks, man. We got to have music in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So, so that's where you. Uh, um. That's where you get that nonsense. But uh, yeah, Lion King, like I said, was pitched as 
uh, an original story. But even even back then, uh, they were saying that you know it's it's Hamlet and also uh, biblical. They're yeah. from Joseph and Moses. Yep. Um, for this, which absolutely, um, you, you definitely see that. Um, I, I I don't know. It seems so weird that like for something that is like it's an original story and it's like. Yeah, it's not adapted directly from any source in particular, but I feel like that's such a weird, lofty thing right. to say. Like, like you have you clearly have influence. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, but like at the same time, it's like, um, like you don't have to say anything. Like people don't necessarily think of Disney as, um you know, adapters, they just think of Disney as Disney. They just take these stories that we all know and there we are, you know? And Disney-fy them, yeah. Yeah, Disney-fy them, because it's like, you know, The Rescuers, yeah, it's an adaption of a thing, but nobody knows that other thing. No. Um, like, and Disney sort of became synonymous with it, and Disney becomes synonymous with a lot of things. I think they call it, like, mental real estate. Like, they don't own mermaids, but... Good luck not thinking of Ariel when somebody mentions mermaids. Right. Yeah. You, know, and it's, you see, you know, it, you know, animals in a cartoon, and it's, you know, you're gonna think of Disney no matter what, whether this was adapted from, whether you said this is Hamlet, or said because this is just as much Hamlet as any of their other adaptions are their original stories. Like this is just as much Hamlet as their Sleeping Beauty is Sleeping Beauty. Whereas to say, right. only kind of. Like, you, yeah. took, you took Sleeping Beauty and made your own thing out of it. You took, you know, Snow White. You took Cinderella. You took so many Alice in Wonderland even, or something. Like, you took so many things and you made it your own. It doesn't really follow plot elements too much. Like, you took the framework. The, yeah, Wind in the Willows or whatever, you know, like, things like that. Like, you know, you took the framework and you did the same thing here. I mean, this is very much Hamlet. You took the basic concept of Hamlet and I feel like you could have just sold it as that, but you, I don't know if it was an ego thing at the time, or what, but they didn't. And they just went, this is our first original story. And I mean, like most of your stories are original. It's just because you don't follow the source material. Yeah. <laughs> Even their Marvel movies are, you know, none of us follow the source material. It's just, no, we just they just happen to have characters. Yeah, from, I mean, like, yeah. like Infinity War and Endgame, they're kind of like the Infinity Gauntlet, but yeah, uh, so, not really. But, yeah, 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 exactly. So yeah, it's, it's 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 weird. It's weird that they just went that route, but whatever. It, it didn't really. It's not like it would have affected anything. This movie was going to no, be a, it regardless because it's it's a, if that's the Pride Rock you want to die on, so be yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, uh, so yeah, this movie was also made side side by side with Pocahontas. So maybe that's next week was right. being made the same time as Lion King. Huh. Uh, so you could tell which one had the age. got priority. <laughs> um, even so much in the, like the animation <coughs> is weaker in Pocahontas. I'm not saying that Pocahontas is bad. No, but, it's beautifully animated. But like Lion King is just so much. It's like just so much more. Um, but uh, uh, 
here's a good quote, and I was, and I'm just going to read it verbatim because it's interesting. Uh, the Lion King was considered a little movie because uh, we were going to take some risks. The pitch for the story was a lion cub gets framed for murder by his uncle, set to the music of Elton John, and people <laughs> said, "What? Good luck with that." But for some reason, the people who ended up on the movie were highly passionate about it and motivated. So yeah. That is a that is a weird pitch to say. It's, yeah, it's but it worked, man. It's a fugitive uh, set. To <laughs> uh, so uh, when did they sign on uh, Elton John and Tim Rice? What did well, that? Uh... Let's see when they. Let's see exactly. I think very very early on. I um because Tim Rice was already with them, right? Because uh, he was working on Aladdin with Mankin. The, they, they were on. This is where they kind of went on a string of like, we're going to have a, a British pop singers in the soundtrack. The Billy Joel thing didn't work, so let's try yeah. a different. Go at it from a different angle. So, which one? Sting did. Which one did Sting do? Um, he was going to do uh, um, Emperor's New Groove. Right. That never came to fruition, and that's that's a whole episode on its own. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then they got uh, Satan to do Tarzan. So, <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, no, Tim Rice probably was on day one, probably like when they actually started committing because he was already on Aladdin. Um, right. He was Mankin on Aladdin. Um, Mankin wasn't available for um, Lion King. Uh, so Tim Rice is the one that suggested Elton John. Uh, although, uh, would, you, would you like to know who Tim Rice originally uh, suggested? Was it Phil Collins? No, was not Phil Collins. Okay. Abba. Uh, what? Yeah, uh, Tim Rice actually put an invitation out to Abba. And, but... Uh, uh, I'm, but, I'm glad but, that but, Disney did not take a chance on them. <laughs> uh, they're the ones that said, we can't, we're busy right now doing whatever their musical was at the time. C- Christina from Dimala. Um, uh, I don't speak that language. So <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of umlauts and accents that I don't understand what, what, where I, what words I'm supposed to be, what letters I'm supposed to be saying differently. Uh, <laughs> Can you just make a song about lions set to the tune of Fernando? <laughs> <laughs> um, Elton John really did like the idea of writing uh, pop songs for kids and adults. Like, yeah. So, uh, um, he's uh, kind of he he kind of go through a career resurgence here this period too. At this period of time, I mean, yeah, he was really making his comeback in the, particularly in America, yeah. uh, and he. He, he, you know, he mentioned the Jungle Book as an influence for this music that he was writing, because right. you know the songs were amusing and kids and adults loved it. So um, they wrote five songs together. Tim Rice and wow. John wrote five songs for this movie. Um, uh, did one he, did them, he write? Oh, sorry, oh, good. No, go on, go on. Did he? Did he write? Be prepared. Yes. Oh wow! Okay. It, it is, you know, it's it's as the Elton John way, you know, it is you know, co-written. So they wrote John and Rice. It, it's Circle of Life. I can't wait to be king. Be prepared. Hakuna Matata. 
and Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Um, and Elton John's version of the song is the credit song of Can You, the, Can you Feel the Love Tonight? The big pop hit. Yeah, and um, there was another song, uh, The Morning Report, that never made it into the thing. And the score is Hans Zimmer, which is, you know... Hans Zimmer of, is... Yeah, but one of the top you know, musical composers and film. It's like, it's like Hans Zimmer, or sorry, it's like John Williams, Hans Zimmer, and then maybe Alan Silvestri in that order. Yeah. yeah. Did you think? Is that I, fair? Yeah, okay. that seems fair. That okay. seems fair. Um, Hans Zimmer, yeah. guys, by the way, Batman. Batman. You, the, you, you, re- and it's, it's one of those things, like you recognize when, oh, 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 nope, uh, Hans Zimmer did this. Yeah, it's it, like, it sounds like Crimson Tide. It's Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Yeah, you recognize Hans Zimmer immediately. Um, so, uh, and he was hired specifically because he did work on two films set in Africa already. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Which, so, which ones were they? Uh, the Power of One and World Apart. So. Hey, I like the book of Power to One. Never seen the movie, but. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so that's why he gets his thing. Um, and. Uh, there was um, there was a little bit of a legal issue because the, they did they had the usage of the lion sleeps tonight in the movie and they never <laughs> got like you know clearance the rights. really yeah. to use it so they were sued by the uh, family of Solomon they uh, composed the song. Um, but uh, that was like 2004. <laughs> wait, they got sued in 2004 or got settled in 2004? They sued. They filed the lawsuit in 2004. So they just, they just waited 10 years? or I, That's how this stuff always happens. Like, I, and I never quite understand. Like, I mean, it's like, you know, it's not like they're making it up. Like, right. you know, this thing probably didn't get, it's like, it's pretty easy to prove they got permission or not. Right. And it's probably easy to see and you know, but you, you know, you don't, it's, I always assume it's, especially when it's Disney or something, it's that, uh, if you, if you've come at the King, you better not miss. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you gotta be prepared. Be prepared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you also see because Disney, like they cover their bases in that sense. Like, okay, we gotta. Yeah. Two years uh, later they settled. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so again, you don't know how much, but they sued for 1.6 million. So I'm going to guess, you know, half of that, half of that, probably maybe last 750,000 or something. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, that not, not too much of a, not too much of a, uh, yeah. the issue, obviously. Yeah, they had, it's clear. They had, controversies with the whole Kimba stuff that they were constantly yeah. dealing with, especially in Japan and yeah. in Japan. I mean, it was clearly settled because you hear Billy Eichner and, and Seth Rogen singing in the trailer for the new movie. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, uh, I guess let's go into one of our favorite parts where we talk about the legacy of the Lion King. Okie um, dokie. Uh, because I like this part because this one we're in that marketing powerhouse yeah in the 90s. like um, disney is like they've hit full stride here yeah and they have well, I, I was looking at 
that Wikipedia page and actually break it down in the Wikipedia page Total of like, how, how this stuff worked. Um, uh, they had they had tie-ins with Burger King. Right. Because they were having a there was a McDonald's issue they were having. The yes, time. there was. There was an interesting yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a very interesting video that you can watch on YouTube from Defunct Land. Yeah, right now I love that video. Of, it was really really cool. It was very informational and it's strictly about the history of McDonald's uh, and Disney. Yeah, like all the way back to Walt and Croc meeting each other in World War One, which I had no idea. Yeah, I neither. The thing. So, hey, you had Burger King, you had Toys from Mattel, cross promotions with Kodak, Nestle, and Payless Shoes. Which I, I read that and I was like, that's right, there were Payless Shoes. Like Lion King things going on. <laughs> oh, that's right, Payless Shoes used to be a thing. <laughs> yeah. They, I was like, boy, they're just now going out of business. <laughs> right. <laughs> on top like of. How- yeah, like this time, it's like, boy, they're just now going out of business. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, and yet somewhat like, but we had a friend of ours say, hey, there's a Kmart down here where I'm visiting. Like, what? Wow. <laughs> yeah. No, our, our, our yeah. friend Steve yeah. pulls yeah. up the Kmart and, yeah. we're, and we're like, what? Wow. Really? You got to go. <laughs> <laughs> you should go there. Who knows? Who knows what's that Kmart? It's, <laughs> um, but uh, and apparently 186 other licensed products. Which Good I was like, God, like yeah, this is you were in full gear. This is easily the most marketable movie they've done in the Renaissance era. Like, uh, I, I remember for our eighth grade graduation, we went to like, I think we went to like Catalina for, and I got my sister a bunch of Lion King swag. Because I had money on me, because I graduated, yeah. So I brought it back and just gave her a big bag of like Lion King figurines and stuff. <laughs> uh, in 1994, Disney earned up to about one billion dollars on products based on Lion King. Jeez, 214 million of that being Lion King toys sold during Christmas of that year. My God! So it was kind of a big deal. Yeah, like. <laughs> I know I own some. I know oh, you I, own some. Absolutely. You owned a, probably a lot. I probably owned a lot. Because you're, you're probably like that age where it's like... Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, you know, the, what, I'm 10? Yeah. <laughs> it's out. It's like oh, yeah. Cheap. So it's like, you're like, I want yeah. a Pumba. Yeah. Get, I want a happy meal. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I turned 39 last Wednesday, and you saw me at Disneyland debate... A butt wagon with Fossa, giant stuff with Fossa. Yeah, you saw me ponder it for like three minutes. Like, do I yeah. need a big with Fossa? <laughs> I I don't know how I don't know how you didn't wind up with the big with Fossa, but uh, I should have bought the damn with Fossa. I'm, I'm I'm vaguely disappointed to be honest. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you just want to see me walk around with it. Yeah, it'd be like when you go to a carnival with when a big giant stuffed bear. It's like, well, yeah, I'm at the carnival for another hour and a half. This giant bear, I don't know. <laughs> I gotta juggle. I gotta juggle this bear and this and this and this turkey on on stick. Yeah. Uh, uh, as is not a uh, surprise, massive success critically when it came out. Yep. Uh, I think as you look right now on Rotten Tomatoes, it's uh, it's in the mid 90s on Rotten Tomatoes. 
Um, uh, and like I think it's eight, yeah, I think it's ninety seven. Yeah, it's like I can't remember. It's like ninety three to ninety seven. It's one of those. It, it says it on actually if you on the, if you go on the movies anywhere app, it actually says what the Rotten Tomato score is. Well, there you go. Yeah, and um, I'll look it up right now. Actually, yeah, uh, Roger Ebert giving it three and a half stars. Uh, it's like and you know everyone saw right out of the way, uh, right out of the gate that oh it's Hamlet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also you also see a lot of it's no Beauty and the Beast, but it is uh, no, it's a uh, this is a great movie, um, and uh, you know it's yeah the you know. 93. Yeah. 93. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty good. That's a little yeah. lower than I thought. But yeah. Mary Poppins is number one, is, is 100%, actually. Yeah. Uh, I, debate, I, yeah. Yeah. Mary Poppins. Uh, it, we, we did an episode on Mary Poppins, an annex episode on Mary Poppins. And I think, right. I think we both even said in there, like, we're not ranking this one, but if we did, it would be almost at the top of the list. Yeah. At the top yeah. of the list time. Because just how perfect mary poppins this is just a fun practically family. perfect yeah practically in perfect way. in every way um uh, lion king is also one of those things that like didn't stop um no it had we always talk about like did it have sequels and yes it did yes very much so um you had uh like an animated series based on simone and pumba yep uh you had lion king 2 simba's pride which is a very good title. <laughs> uh, Lion King one and a half. Lion King one and a half, which is like an in-between kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. From their point of view of Lion King one, like Tomoda point of view of Lion King did, Matthew Broderick reprises role for Lion King two, right? Yes. Okay. Um, and just a few years ago, there was the Lion Guard. Right. Which was the... TV series that was was it Disney Toon Disney I think Disney Junior whatever yeah whatever the kids rebranding of Disney was at the time um I never saw it I never saw Lion Guard me either (laughs) I didn't see it so I don't know um I don't know if it was good or not Uh, (laughs) but um I do know that Lion King two and Lion King one and a half weren't good so (laughs) (laughs) I remember enjoying. Um, the TV series when it was on, but I was also a kid. I don't remember. I haven't seen it in years. Um, Ernie Sabella was still Pumbaa, right? In it, but it was Quentin Flynn. Uh, was like Timon for most of the series or something, right? Uh, I, I say this a lot, but like Dying Days of Disney Afternoon. But was that was that series Disney Afternoon or was it actually on the Disney Channel? Uh, I think it was... Or maybe both. I think it was, because it's 94. Yeah. So, it was probably threading that needle, huh? Yeah. Uh, let's see if there's a way to... Da, da, da. So, because this has been like Goof Troop era. It, might have, it actually might have been Disney Afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. I just noticed there's a video game for it, which I totally forgot about. On the Super NES. So. Speaking of video games. Yeah. Boy, let's just get right into that, huh? The Lion King video game. Oh, the, the show ran for three seasons on CBS, the Disney Channel, and Toon Disney. 
okay. in, and in syndication as part of the Disney afternoon. There so, you go. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Video games. Yeah. Video uh, games. Last week we talked about how different the versions of Aladdin are in the Genesis and Super Nintendo. Not yeah. the case here. Nope. Uh, basically, what you the only differences you get are specific to hardware differences. You know, yeah. Music's different. Some of the some yeah. of the visual stuff is a little different, but for the most, yeah. but the game mechanically are identical. Uh, it, it it probably looks a little bit better on Super Nintendo, honestly. Yeah. 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 Um, but I also think <sighs> it was on. Um, Game Gear. Yeah, I think also computers and Amiga, I want to say. I think you're right. We didn't really have Amiga stuff here. That was like mostly for the European crowd. Yeah. Because they were mostly into that. And there was a Master System version. Right. Game Gear version. All of the sequels got their own games. There's, you know, there was a puzzle game. Right. To improve a puzzle game. Uh, uh, as we discuss every week, a Tiger LCD handheld. Tiger LCD handheld. Also, as we uh, mention every week, it appears in Kingdom Hearts. Yep. Yeah. Um, so the 16-bit game is a real. It's a. That's the real cream of the crop as far as I'm. Yeah, Westwood. That game's hard, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that game's no. stupid hard. Um, but as was. Uh, uh, as was those games at the time. I don't yeah. Know. Just, uh, uh, I remember one. Th- I remember one thing because I read old magazines and stuff. Um, one thing that you'll see that people complain about a lot with the Lion King game on computers is that it inexplicably needed like really high specs mm-hmm. for computers, which for a child's game made no sense and everyone's like why are you requiring these like a like a high-end pc to run this game for children that makes right. no sense at that point just don't do it <laughs> so like you know people were buying the game and they couldn't run it because yeah. it was you know a high-end video game which is crazy it's it like, like at that point just buy it for the yeah. genesis yeah yeah um yeah, or the Super Nintendo, or whatever. Like, yeah, it's 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 a it's genuinely a good game, but it's uh, hard, but hard, and it's not. Uh, it's like it's one of those things where it's like I don't know if I necessarily want to go back to it. Like, it looks good, but like I don't ever feel compulsed to play it again. <laughs> well, here's the thing about it. Like, here's what what frustrated me as a Genesis owner. There's a move that Simba does where he can flip. Like uh, you play through Simba's life, like you know, from cub to adult. Yeah. There's a move where you can, where you can flip hyenas and eventually Scar. Yeah. But you need a six button controller to do it. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you have to like hold like three buttons down and then like a. a it's like. Yeah. Um, uh, it, I, I saw that a, the um, th- there's the two of the levels in the game um, were like adapted from like deleted scenes from the movie that never made it into the final production stuff, which is kind of interesting. They do that which a one? lot with video games. Uh, the, yeah, the Hakuna Matata level and the okay. levels were scrapped scenes from the movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, that uh, it was, a, it was a 
it was officially a pack-in too for the Genesis. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think even the Game Gear, like the Game Gear version. Yes, was it was. You're right. It was was a pack-in. Uh, yeah. So, in case you can't tell, it's a big deal. Big uh, friggin' deal. Yeah. Um. So, theme parks. Um. It's different at the theme parks. Its presence is different than sort of some of the other stuff, you know. Last week we talked about like Aladdin where it had a it's like its presence was it had a stage show and yeah. Disney World has like a magic carpet ride um, attraction. Um, there's not like an attraction, but there's a lot of Lion King stuff. Particularly you go to uh, Disney World's Magic Kingdom or Animal Kingdom and there's like you know, Festival of the Lion King and and uh, you know shows and stuff like that. That's uh, mostly where it comes from. It's mostly shows and parades and things that are heavily inspired by Lion King. Right. Uh, we can steal her magic. We mentioned earlier. Yeah, features. Just can't wait to be king in it. Um, I just just on our last trip, um, I I watched the uh, parade that they have going on right now. It features Lion King in it. Um, yeah. It's always funny because. Um, this is sort of the last time, too, and, and you notice it in a couple of years, it becomes a story where this is like d- parades sort of are a big thing at Disneyland, at the theme parks. Yep. Every um, day, basically. Every day, yeah. Sometimes twice a day, depending on what the parade is. God um, help you if you need to cross the street. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, been, it's been over 60 years, and they still don't quite have the crowd control for parades down, <laughs> nope. down yet. Um, so, like, as time goes on from here, like, I remember um, the Hercules Parade being a big deal. I can uh, see that. Uh, and what did what year did Hercules come out? Because I need to... Uh, 97? 98? Because I know when we first started going as a family to Disneyland, it was around that time, 98, 99. It would have been nice okay. if we went to the year there for the launch of the new Tomorrowland and we were also there before so probably about so yeah the Hercules parade was still going but after that Disney starts in the parade starts having less and less of a focus and Pixar starts having more and more of a focus yeah and you're gonna see that that's what sets off the chain of events after Michael Eisner of like I was sitting there watching a parade, like Bob Iger. I was watching a parade, and I was like, all of these characters are Pixar characters, and all of these kids are reacting to the Pixar characters, and that's when I knew that we needed to fix this. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah it's like, it's like you, and even still, you see a lot of Buzz and Woody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Lion King was, I mean, Lion King had the Broadway musical that's still, to this day, a yeah. big thing. I'd like I love to see it. I need I would, to go see it. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I think it's, it's. I think I, I just missed the touring version of it or something. Like, yeah, I want to see it, but I just never. I, I I'm never motivated to go to Seattle. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's my problem, not the, not their problem. Eh, it might be Seattle's problem too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just like it's like, oh, they're gonna be playing. They're gonna be doing this show at the. Uh, Paramount Theater. I'm like, cool. 
I really don't want to go to Seattle. Like, <laughs> I go there two to three times a year, and that's sort of my limit for Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Seattle is your is like how LA is to me, basically. Yeah, it's one hundred percent. It's like I'm not. Like it's ex- it's just exhausting to exist in Seattle. <laughs> if you don't live there, I'm ass- I'm assuming if you live there, it's just as exhausting, just for different reasons. But <laughs> unless you're Fraser, then you love yeah. it there, and you love it because you have a apartment that doesn't exist, but there it is. Nobody uh, nobody has that view of Seattle in Seattle. But <laughs> an AM radio show, an AM radio we- show that everyone listens to. Yeah, <laughs> but um. But yeah, it's just, I mean, this movie was such a huge, like, money-wise. Do, do you know what the, uh, how much uh, money this movie made? Not counting merchandise? Just worldwide. Just its worldwide box office. $3 billion. <laughs> yes, the highest grossing movie of all time. Nobody ever talks <laughs> about it. But <laughs> to be fair... You're far less off than you probably think you are. I, I know. Yeah. Uh, Nine hundred and sixty-nine million million dollars. So Close nearly to, a billion dollars. Nearly a billion dollars box office on a budget of forty-five million. Remember, we weren't talking all that long ago where movies from the eighties were like thirty-three million dollars. Okay? Yeah. Like the Black Cauldron was absurdly expensive to make, and it was like, like, oh, oh okay, then thirty-three million dollars. Uh, this is forty-five million, and it's one of the best movies they've ever made. Yeah, and, and they made a profit yeah. of like over nine hundred million dollars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, it, it it just it cleaned up at everything. Like, um, go to the. Uh, uh, Golden Globes, it won for Best Musical or Comedy. Um, you know, Best, obviously, Best... Um, there, there was no Best Animated Feature in Academy Awards this time. That doesn't come until the 2000s. But it did win uh, Best Original Score, Best Original Song at the Academy Awards. Yep. And same thing for the Golden Globes. Um, you know... Won some Grammys too, right? absolutely was not Grammys. Yeah. Uh, you know, this soundtrack was a certifiable hit. Like, it, there was there was no, like, it was probably, like, album of the year. You know, like, I think more I, people... I would imagine, and, yeah. Yeah, it's Elton John and Disney with some memorable songs that were pounded in your brain. So... And this is, like, right when everybody everybody's starting to get CD players for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so, like, oh, oh, you get this on. It sounds better. Yeah. It sounds better. <laughs> yeah. Also, nineteen ninety four is a very interesting year for movies. Uh, we were talking about this the other day, and it's like our episodes are getting longer and longer. It's because we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just want to make it. I just want to make it clear that there's a reason why I'm doing this now, and we're probably going to stop for doing these movies. For these movies, we're going to stop doing it to this extent. But I just sort of want to put these movies because this is when Disney's movies are the biggest they've ever been. Right. And it's fun to look at them in context because yeah. going forward, we're going to start paring this down a lot more. I'm um, still going to talk about the year in film, but we're going to focus a little less on going through all the movies that came out that year or whatever. But it's just fun to give it some context of like, in this case, Lion King, number one movie of the year. 
and it's fun to see like this made the most money. What else came out this year? What were the top grocers? What were the, you know, so we're going forward. We're we're gonna still do the top top ten grocers and maybe the awards and stuff, but not so much the breaking down like all of the movies that came out this, that year. This is kind of where it peaks. This is yeah. This is the peak. It's not gonna get. It's not gonna get any better for a long time. After this. Yeah. It's actually gonna get much much worse. Um, yeah. And we'll get into some of that because coming up very soon, you're going to have uh, much worse, <laughs> much, worse, much worse. And you're also going to have new competitors um, or even in the sense of, I mean, next year is where you have the new hotness coming out. Yeah. You have Toy Story just around right. the corner at this point. Like Toy Story is their next big movie. Just Pocahontas around the river band. <laughs> just, yeah, just literally. Yeah. <laughs> Pocahontas being next month. Next week, yeah, Toy Story is at the same time as as Pocahontas, like same year. So, and it shows <laughs> that there's a there's there's a sea change occurring. Yeah, um, like it's insert the Smash Brothers, a new challenger has appeared, and yeah. the silhouette of Shrek. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because we're just we're, we're we're on the eve of the Katzenberg Fallout, and. Once DreamWorks starts up, things start getting dirty. Um, and but and Disney start the animation studio starts really dropping. Mm-hmm. So you know, we'll focus more on that than just what else existed at the time. But I think it's just fun for these particular movies, the Renaissance era. Like we'll probably scale it down next week, and then it's just gonna get by the time you get to Tarzan at the end of the Renaissance era. It'll like okay, we're done with this. So now we're just yeah, done. this is mostly we're doing the Holy Trilogy, the Holy Trinity here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so we just said uh, Lion King, number one movie of the year, nineteen ninety four. Uh, number two, Forrest Gump. I was gonna say Forrest Gump was that here. Yeah. Number three. Any guess? Braveheart. No, that's not even in the top ten. I don't even know if Braveheart came out. I, I have no. Um, Shawshank. No. True Lies. Huh. Yeah, True Lies. I mean, it's James Cameron. <laughs> so it's not, you know, True Lies is an okay movie. It's, it's. I don't think it's like you see it top three and you're like. That might be too much for True Lies, but given the time period, like action movies, for were, what it is, action movies are coming back in a big way. Um, another movie on this list really hammers that point home. But we'll get that in a second. Uh, number four, The Mask. Okay. Uh, not not masks featuring Cher and Rocky Dennis, but The Mask and the Jim Carrey. The green one. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, number five. Speed. Okay. See, like action what? movies are action movies are coming into their own again in the mid nineties. So it's weird thinking about like that dude because we saw him today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's yeah, weird. Yeah, but you know Pl- what? I'll always uh, Keanu Reeves will always have a soft spot. Pl- plucky young Keanu did yeah. Speed. Uh, hungry Keanu in nineteen ninety four. Uh, number six, a very personal movie for you, Nick. Nineteen eighty four for me. Yeah. What well, came out ninety four? You could have gone to see The Lion King, but instead oh god, 
Are you kidding me? The Flintstones is number six. The Flintstones is number six. I would have guessed like Pulp Fiction or Dumb and Dumber or something. <laughs> well, Dumb and Dumber, number seven. Okay, dang it. <laughs> number eight, Four Weddings and a Funeral. <laughs> number nine, Interview with the Vampire. Look with your vampire eyes. And number ten, rounding it out, uh, another one of the wonderful Tom Clancy adaptions, Clear in Present Danger. Good movie. Great movie. Uh, so that's your top ten highest grossing movies uh, worldwide of 2000, 2000, 2004, 1994. Yeah. This is also like peak Jim Carrey, too, technically. Well, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, this is Ace Ventura. Yeah. yeah. You got Dumb and Dumber and The Mask in the same year. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why not? <laughs> and obviously Forrest Gump was the... The Oscar winner that the, year. Yeah, the, the award darling. Uh, unless you were, uh, unless you were at the Baftas and it was four weddings and a funeral. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All uh, those Brits. Yeah, they 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 love some Hugh Grant over there. Those cheeky Nandos. <laughs> oh, what kind, so what kind of fun movies came out in 1994? A lot. Uh, There's a lot of fiction, like I mentioned. Uh, we're gonna. I, I, when I start this list, I start January and just make my way through December. Cool. Uh, the air up there. <laughs> what? That's yeah. That's like the when basketball was big. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. cabin boy. Boy, uh, that went trying to make Chris Elliott a thing. Uh, sure, sure. We got Dave Letterman to do it. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see, House Party three. <laughs> Why? Why are there three of them? Why were there three of them? Kid and play back in action again. Uh, let's see. Blank. Car 54, where are you? <laughs> they made a movie of that? Oh, yeah. I remember it very oh, well. No. I don't know why. I don't even remember who was in it. Uh, David Johnson, Johansson, John C. McGinley, <laughs> Fran, Fran Dress, Dresher, Nipsey Russell, Jeremy Piven. Oh, boy. Oh. Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Great move. Oh, wow. So he had all three of them the same year. It's funny that that's the one that didn't make it in the top ten. Like, Dumb and because Dumber. That's like the best of the Ace three. Ventura, <laughs> uh, between Dumb and Dumber, uh, The Mask, and Ace Ventura, it should be Ace Ventura. <laughs> that's easily the best of the three. Yeah. Uh, blank Check. Yeah! There we go. I'm talking. I absolutely saw Blank Check in theaters. <laughs> I, I saw it. I saw it on VHS, but I saw it. Yeah, I it's love. A, I, the that's, premise is great. Premise is great. It's good. You know how they they always do that stuff where it's like, oh, it's a male power fantasy where you're just like powerful and you know, yeah. like <laughs> it is a kid power fantasy. Yeah, it's like I get all kinds of money and I can just do whatever I want with it. I'm gonna Mr. Macintosh. <laughs> Featuring uh, I remember Tone Loke. <laughs> yeah, sure do. Yeah. Who is also an Ace Ventura, by the way. Yes. Uh, My Girl Two, <laughs> starring Dan Aykroyd, Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> Did Macaulay Culkin come back from the dead, or uh, who knows? Uh, Blue Chips. Another basketball movie with Shaq. Guilty Shaq. Uh, reality bites. All right. <laughs> Uh, eight seconds. The bull riding movie starring Luke Perry. 
Oh gosh, yeah. Uh, the Hudsucker Proxy. I love the Hudsucker the, Proxy. Uh, the forgotten Coen Brothers film. Yes, the, the Hudsucker Proxy is like it's subdued Coen Brothers, but it's still yeah. super weird. And every character in it is either an idiot or insane. Yeah, and it's great. And it's literally just about a guy that invents the movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, for kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Paul Newman's in that movie, which one of it's, my favorite actors ever. So, yeah. Yeah. Tim Robbins, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Paul Newman. It's I highly recommend the Hudsucker Proxy. I think it's fantastic. Uh, the Ref, a, rare, a very rare Dennis Leary starring movie. Okay. <laughs> uh, the era of let's give kids an animal movie. It's in full swing with Monkey Trouble. Uh, Naked Gun, 33 and a third. They probably should have hung it up by then. Yeah. Uh, another basketball movie of Above the Rim. That's the, that's the one with Tupac in it. That's the one with Tupac and Bernie Mac. Yep. <laughs> uh, D2, The Mighty Ducks. Okay. Jimmy Hollywood, Joe Pesci, uh, featured Don't. role. <laughs> they got to stop doing that. Uh, <laughs> they did rather relatively quickly. Yeah. Uh, Major League Two. Oh, that's that's one where we we can't get Wesley Snipes, so we got Omar Epps to play <laughs> Willie Mayface. Exactly. Um, a, a another animated, uh, big animated film, but uh, a Don Bluth film. But this is Don Bluth on his sort of downward slide of Thumbelina. Okay. So I don't think I've ever seen Thumbelina. Uh yeah, it's not good. It's got Gilbert, <laughs> it's got Gilbert Gottfried in it too. Which, oh, know, good. Who coming we off love? Uh, oh, Clifford, the Martin Short led movie. That's oh my god! This is a point of contention between me and my wife. Uh, she loved that movie, oh, and sorry. I hate it. I hate it so much. It's not, it's not good. I don't know. No, it's not good. I want you to tell. I want you to. I want you to speak directly to the microphone and tell my wife that movie's not good. Uh, Clifford is not good. Period. End of discussion. Rita, the movie's bad. I'm it's sorry, babe. <laughs> Serial Mom came out this year. Uh, Chevy Chase on his perpetual downslope with cops and Robertsons. <laughs> oh God, with him and Jack Palance. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, White Fang too. Sure. Why do I remember Brain Scan? What was? Bra- oh, it was that Eddie Furlong movie. <laughs> like, why do I recognize that name? <laughs> it's just a Eddie Furlong. Uh, horror movie with a soundtrack by George Clinton. <laughs> okay. George S. Clinton of the critically acclaimed uh, George Clinton band. <laughs> yes. so, uh, also known for uh, the uh, soundtracks for uh, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> so, oh, not the funky George Clinton. Funky George Clinton. <laughs> oh, it's, it's like I was like, this is a good year for him. He was also in NBA Jam. <laughs> That's a playable character. No, no, no. Different different George Clinton. He did the Austin Powers movies and the oh, Mortal okay. Kombat ones. So that's, that's what you get there. Um, yeah, so uh, let's see. PCU. Okay, I remember that one. Three Ninjas Kick Back. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, the Crow. 
Uh, That's a good movie. It's tough to watch because you know what happened. You know what happens. You know that this movie ends Brandon Lee's career. And also, it's also hard to watch. Yeah, that was... I was trying to be. <laughs> <laughs> I stepped over your joke. Uh, but because uh, I was going to lead into it, just like how it was also the end of Ernie Hudson's career, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he he came back and did the principal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the substitute. Sorry, the substitute. substitute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maverick. Yeah, okay. Marcus I love and- Maverick. Go Maverick came out that year. Richard Donner, always a good. Yeah. Like Maverick is the, like, is weird because it doesn't seem like it should be, but it is funny. <laughs> it's generally good. Like watching Jodie Foster go for a comedic. Yeah, that's great. Unlike the next movie that came out the next week of Beverly Hills Cop Three. <laughs> Yikes! He had dreads in that movie. I think. <laughs> uh, only two movies came out on the. Uh, this day, same day, the Flintstones and Little Buddha. <laughs> you ever Little wow. Buddha? Nope. <laughs> it also features uh, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> you know what? I do know a movie that came out uh, here coming up that you're going to mention because yeah. I've ever se- I've ever seen the poster for it when I went to see the Flintstones. Oh yeah, that movie is called Getting Even with Dad. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Which my father almost made me go see instead of the Flintstones. <laughs> Renaissance Man. That's a Danny DeVito one, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's <laughs> not a bad movie. It's a Penny Marshall movie. You know, she, she did good stuff. Yeah, it is. Uh, she sure City, did. City Slickers 2, The Legend of Curly's Gold. Y- yikes. Opened the same day as Speed. <laughs> yeah. I, was... I, wonder, I wonder how many people went to City Slickers 2 over like Speed because City Slickers 1 was so good. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go like, we killed off Curly. Yeah. We uh, brought Lion it back but as a so twin. Lion King opens the very next week and destroys everything. Uh, getting even with Dad opens just yep. a couple of days after the Lion King. Macaulay <laughs> Culkin and Ted Danson. Boy, wow. And Wolf. I don't remember Wolf with Jack Nicholson. Uh, I actually kind of like I kind of like Wolf. It's good. Wolf's good. Yeah. It's just like a weird like horror movie with Jack it's, Nicholson. It's, it's like it's kind of like a weird erotic Wolfman movie. Yeah, it's weird. It's kind of cool. I forget it's, who I oh, it's, who directed uh, it. it's. I don't think like I don't think he ever like. Like oh god, who is in that movie? Uh, um, it's um, it's Nicholson, Michelle Fiverr, and uh, James Spader. Dave James Spader, who plays he's hella and, creepy in that movie, and Christopher Plummer. Yes, Christopher Plummer, who just looks like he belongs in every like he should be in a Wolfman movie. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Wyatt Earp. The less good of the wide art movies. Yeah. Uh, Little Big League. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you go. <laughs> now we're talking. King Not Griffey Jr. is in that one, right? Uh, is he? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. yeah. It's been a while since I've seen Little Big League. But yeah. I just have fond memories of Little Big League. Yeah. Um, Dennis Farina is in it. <laughs> yeah, he sure is. Uh, Baby's Day Out. <laughs> 
my, uh, another another terrible movie my dad likes. <laughs> Happy okay. Father's Day, Dad! Coming yeah, up in like, a week, you have yeah, god awful taste in movies. Yeah, every time you tell me anything, it's, I forget what it was last week that made me laugh that your dad was a big fan of. <laughs> oh, uh, the Friday movies and yeah, but, and Baby's Kids. Baby's Kids, that was it. it was Baby's Kids. Yeah. Oh, the Shadow. <laughs> the Shadow came out this year. Literally a scene where they talk about ties for five minutes. <laughs> Alec Baldwin in, in a, a superhero movie before that was really a thing. Based <laughs> like, on, yeah, this is like this like based off like the the radio drama and the pulp comics. Yeah, and it's like they're also like, hey, let's have uh, <laughs> let's also do the Phantom as well. Yeah, we mentioned it once already because it was the Academy Award winner of everything. But I do genuinely love Forrest Gump. It's a great uh, movie. Forest Gump. I also Isn't love it? Angels in the Outfield, which also opened this year. <laughs> yeah, that's a man. That movie's kind of it's kind of a bummer at points. Yeah, it's a very sad movie because the whole premise is reliant on the Tony Danza has cancer. <laughs> yeah, we'll see each other again when the Angels win the pennant, and it's like, yeah. mm. <laughs> which they did like ten years later, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but also very very young Joseph Gordon-Levitt in that movie very young Joseph Gordon-Levitt yep uh, The Client okay Dragon World oh jeez oh no that was straight to video full moon entertainment film which <laughs> that only means something to like me <laughs> full, full moon for guys if you don't know they also did the Puppet Master films <laughs> yeah and Castle and Freak yeah yeah, if, if if you're if you're wondering, uh, well, it's like, well, which puppet master movies? The answer is yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to this day, I think they just released one like two months ago. <laughs> what was their vampire movie? It's called. Um, oh, jeez. Night something. Yeah, subspecies. Oh yeah, yeah, subspecies. Yes, that was a. Yeah. Yeah, but I I, I, I remember. Castle Freak and Pumaster, yeah. What, Subspecies and Trancers were like... Okay, yeah, they did do Trancers. Yeah. And and they did like other weird Pit in the Pendulum and Prehysteria, which I don't know, like, they they are very much puppet people. (laughs) That's... Everything is, yeah, it's very, like, cheesy, like, Ginger Dead Man. Was yeah. another thing that they did, like yeah, puppet master. Low stuff. budget horror guys. Yeah, yeah. Low so, like Showtime at one o'clock in the morning so horror. About this where they made a fantasy adventure dragon movie in 1994. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Lassie reboot was in theaters. Oh, that's the the starring the kid from Sandlot. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I forgot about that movie entirely until I was looking at this list earlier. I was like, oh yeah. Lassie, they did that. I'm surprised that they haven't. Th- I'm surprised they haven't done it again. Like, <laughs> it feels like, yeah, Lassie really, I mean, is just gone. <laughs> yeah, they, they they just tried to make like Benji on Netflix, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. I don't think they tried. I think they did. <laughs> and, uh, well, they tried. That's the thing. Yeah. Airheads came out this year. Brendan Fraser trying to make his way into Hollywood. <laughs> Making his way downtown. The Little Rascals again, another. Yikes! Oh yeah, this is this is the uh, Polly Shore era, also in the army now. Well, <laughs> and last week was Encino Man, right? 
think so. I think it was Ed, it was Encino Man or something similar. Um, I think Settle is maybe his best Polly Shore standalone. Uh, Blank Man came out this year. <laughs> J five, J five. I like Blank Man. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, uh, Color of Night. Bruce Willis. Color. Bruce Willis. Oh my God, that's the erotic thriller with Bruce Willis in it. Yeah. Yes. Good. Who thought that was a great idea? <laughs> Richard Rush. Uh, Richard Rush thought that was a movie he was going to direct. That's, that's, look, hey, you guys want to see naked Bruce Willis? Too damn bad. <laughs> no. Well, here it is. <laughs> yeah. Camp Nowhere. Oh, okay, yeah. Natural Born Killers. Woody Harrelson and... Very controversial uh, movie for its era. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is in that movie, too. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he is. Woody Harrelson, Juliette Lewis, Tommy Juliet Lee Jones, Robert Downey yep. Jr., Tom Sizemore, Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> yeah. That's mo- Police Academy, Mission of Moscow. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why were they still making Police Academy movies in 1994? <laughs> uh, a, a very sad movie to uh, have to mention after Police Academy 4 is also John Candy's last film, Wagons East. Wagons uh, East. It's him and Richard Lewis, I think. Richard Lewis, yep. Yeah. John yeah. McGinley also in every movie in the 90s. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. The next Karate Kid. Uh, oh my gosh! With future Academy Award winner, uh, yeah, Hilary Swank. Yeah, Swank, Hilary Swank, Pat Morita, and Michael Ironside. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Last Pat Morita, uh, Karate Kid movie too. Yeah, Time Cop. Hell yeah! Now we're talking. I friggin' love Time Cop. How can you not, Jean Claude Van Damme? Based off a Marvel. <laughs> Or DC comic? Uh, I think it was one. Or of the, was it Image? I think it was. A, it was a different brand. It wasn't. It wasn't what an Image. Yeah, but I also think it was. No, it was Dark Horse. Okay, okay, you're right. It was Dark Horse. I feel like I. I feel like I can picture the the Rook logo in the corner of time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, like that movie. Right. Like that's big when hey Van Damme could do some splits. Let's have him do the splits. <laughs> yeah, and 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 an era was born. Uh, immediately after Time Cop, the very next week, Shawshank Redemption opened in theaters. <laughs> Dude, I will watch that movie anytime it's on TV. It's it's a. Per- I think that's key. That was like key to its success too. It was yeah. like a movie when it came out, but as you saw when we were talking about it, it wasn't like an Academy Award sweetheart. No. And, it wasn't a big money maker, but like it was like one of those first big like cable movies. T and T TBS kind of movies. And I think that's been a key to a success and why it's on the AFI one hundred list or whatever, because it's just like it permeated the movie culture in a way that most movies didn't. Right. I mean, and it's a great movie. It's and it is fine. Yeah, and you know it's it's a, it's a fantastic movie. It opened. I, I would. It opened the same day. Terminal Velocity. Uh, <laughs> I would argue that Shawshank's probably the best Stephen King adaptation. Yeah, like most 
like yeah, fully featured, well rounded adaptation. Green Mile is good, but you know. It's... Yeah, I th- yeah, I think Shawshank edges it out. Yep. Ed Wood came out this year. That's a good movie. I like Ed Wood, it's yeah. it's one of those things where it's kind of like the um, the disaster artist. We have to explain to people like, no, this is most guy. No, this is mostly true. This is like he's a real person. This is a real person who made these very real weird things. <laughs> I think like, didn't didn't Martin Landau win an Oscar for playing Bela Lugosi? I I think so. Yeah, or, or he's nominated. Yeah, he was nominated. Um, it's, it's a good cast. It really is. Um, George the Animal Steel is in it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> jo- Johnny Johnny Depp plays Edward. Uh, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker's on it. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, it's like it's like no, Glenn or Glenda is not some fake movie. This is a thing that was yeah. made. <laughs> Ed, Ed Wood was a real man who, who was in a cross dressing. Yeah, uh, a troll in Central Park. Another two Don Bluth movies. Hitting mm. uh, X again, downward trend. Uh, yeah. You haven't seen a troll in Central Park. Congratulations. <laughs> you did it. You've made it this far. Little Giants. Oh my God, that's the football movie with uh, Ed O'Neill and Rick Moranis. Yep, exactly. There's Pulp Fiction. Yep. Ooh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. That's a really good. I love New Nightmare. New Nightmare is one of the best Freddy Krueger movies. (laughs) It was. It was the last Robert England one too. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, Freddy versus Jason. Freddy versus Jason. But it was like mainline. Like yeah. core experience, uh, like, Nightmare on Elm Street. Because it's not Heather Lang- It's not Nightmare on Elm Street. It's Wes Craven's New Nightmare, and or it's like, a very cool plot of like Freddy Krueger movie is being made, and Freddy Krueger appears in the Freddy yeah. Krueger movie. Yeah, like, <laughs> like where Heather Lang- Langenkamp and Wes Craven play themselves. Yeah, it's yeah. it's cool. It's a it's good a good movie, movie. and it takes the character back to the first yeah. movie where he's it's dead serious like it is like the concept is goofy but but like once it's in action it's like oh no, no he's not even cracking one liners he's killing these people yeah <laughs> uh let's see the puppet masters came out this year <laughs> <laughs> but that's uh that's not uh it's the uh Donald uh, Donald Sutherland, I think, Puppet Master is not the Puppet Master. Oh, not the Puppet Master. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like some sort of weird sci-fi government agents kind of thing. Um, but uh, yeah, let's see, Radio Land Murders, a squant Stargate, Stargate. There you go, more James Spader. Yeah, more one of Roland Emmerich's best movies. Is the series better or is the movie better? Uh, probably the series, but the movie's really good. But like the Richard Dean Anderson series. Yeah. Yeah. Bef- yeah, okay. Uh, Double Dragon. Oh, uh, boy. Hey, guys, do you have Amazon Prime? It's on there. It's, it's on there right now. Uh, I do recommend it. All I remember, like, I remember until I saw it again, it's like, the only thing I remember about the Double Dragon movie is that somebody gets a hole punched into them. Yeah. <laughs> and it has Alyssa Milano in it. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, that is, and Robert Patrick is in it. He sure is. Yeah. He sure. Uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. 
boy, that. Yeah, that's. I, I think I made the joke of like, "Hey, Kenneth Branagh just wants to show you how much he's worked out." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like that Kenneth Branagh just is like, uh, you know, I'm just gonna put myself in my movies. Yeah, <laughs> and this is the, and, and me and the girl I'm currently shagging. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because uh, what was it? He uh, he did the he did that live action Cinderella. He sure did. Uh, and he did the Perot movie. <laughs> and oh, then he well, also did, Murder on the Express. Yeah, Express, Murder yeah. on the Orient Express, the most recent one. And, you know, four. <laughs> yeah, he directed. The, well, he was he, he was the voice of the uh, the distress signal at the yep. at the beginning. Yeah, Infinity yep. War. Yeah. Yep. It's crazy. Yep. Uh, the Santa Claus. I love the Santa Claus. I absolutely love the Santa Claus. Kim Allen is a person, not so much. Not so much, but the Santa Claus. The first Santa Claus. Yes. Not Please the, stop uh, watching after this movie. Yes. Uh, eventually, they add Martin Short, and if you get to Martin Short, you've gone too far, yeah. and it's too and it's too late for you. <laughs> when the kid when the kid grows up and gets like all awkward looking. Yeah. Oh, the the, uh, the Richard Attenborough Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. That's not a bad version of it. No, no, it's, it's perfectly serviceable. It's like, why is the old man from Jurassic Park in this movie? Because <laughs> he still just looks like uh, uh, the old man from Jurassic Park. Yeah. Like it's, it's, his beard is a little bigger. Yeah. <laughs> um, Neon the Professional. Oh, there you go. Very young Nellie Portman. Yep. That's a Star, Tre- Star Trek Generations, the one with. The one with the next generation and the original. Series. I love. I love generations. I love that movie. It's a good movie. The Swan Princess, which is a cartoon that nobody saw. Nope. Because it wasn't. Because it wasn't Disney, and it wasn't uh, um, anyone else. So. <laughs> yes. And what's his? Uh, and. Uh, you know, you had Thumbelina and Troll in Central Park from Don Bluth earlier, so he wasn't going to yeah. make a third movie in one year. So, uh, Junior. Oh my God, pregnant Arnold. Pregnant Arnold Schwarzenegger. This came out the same year as True Lies. Junior and True Lies came out. An alternate True Lies in January, Junior in December, bookmarking the year. Yeah. Uh, low down, dirty shame. Uh, <laughs> the page master. Yeah, there we go. We're back to Macaulay Culkin again. Trapped in paradise, Nick Cage doing his Nick Cage thing with oh, John Lovitz. Oh, what's John Lovitz? <laughs> We're in a movie together. <laughs> Dumb and Dumber, uh, Legends of the Fall, Mixed Nuts. <laughs> Oi. Richie Rich. That's like three Macaulay Culkin movies this yeah. year. Little and, women. And, I think, and, and I think like Wish Kid was out at this period too. Yeah. Uh, oh man, that's right. That weird uh, live action Jungle Book that Disney did. Oh, with like, um, Jason, Jason Scott, and Scott Lee. Yeah. And yeah. Sam he, it too. Yeah, he was <laughs> Jason Scott Lee. Uh, I know him best as uh, Bruce Lee, and uh, yeah, yeah. Also, uh, uh, I'll just leave it. Uh, also, this year, 
as the last movie we'll mention, uh, Street Fighter. Oh my god! Uh, so, I had a discussion with a coworker about that a few days ago. Like, who thought it'd be a good idea to make Raul Julia <laughs> portray this big, swole-looking bad guy? And it's the only reason to watch that movie. His yep. role is the only reason to watch because at a point you realized he, uh, there's a point you could tell he's like, Oh, this movie, huh? This isn't good. Well, and I'm stuck to it. So I'm going to act in this movie the way it should be acted. I don't care how anyone else is. Actually, <laughs> the, no, the whole story of that is his, his kids were fans of street fighter. Yeah, so he yeah. did it because yeah. and it's like, there's something really, really cute about that. Yeah, I think it's like a, my kids are a big fan of it. B, I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to give them this one last thing. And uh, despite anything else about the movie, like his scenes are the things I remember. I remember full lines that he, he chews it. Movie. He chews and it up. He kills it in that movie. I, yeah. I think like the, like, yeah. Okay. That's a terrible casting, but Jean-Claude Van Damme as U.S. super soldier extraordinaire Guile is probably the most egregious casting decision. <laughs> like, yes, he looks like him, but yeah, there's no, there's at no point do you feel like he's an all American man. <laughs> no. Uh, this is also where he, um, this is after he'd been, he been rumored to be Johnny Cage. Yeah. Yeah. Kali Minogue. <laughs> As your girl Cammy. Cammy, if you, you get, you can actually see it because if you're because you're on the uh, camera of it, that she is. Yeah. She is action figure yeah. form right directly behind me. And <laughs> Ming Na Wen as my girl Chun Li. Yeah. You, you got you got out better in this yeah. uh, <laughs> in this particular adaptation. L- little little uh, uh, inside baseball, folks. JJ and I have a pretty pretty decent street fighter rivalry yeah. we play and online it, occasionally play online from time to time and it is strictly a cammy versus cammy. Cammy. <laughs> and uh, we're pretty evenly matched yeah when we when we go off our uh characters yeah it, it's yeah. It, it it falls apart depending on who's big who jj can't jj doesn't know how to use shodos i don't <laughs> I, I'm all about speed and cameras yeah. very fast. So. <laughs> Come on, drill! <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. So, yeah, excellent. I think that will wrap it up. Uh, we can now get to our lists. You ready? Yep. I don't think we're going to be doing the list. I saved the lists for last because I knew it was going to be very fast. <laughs> Nick, you ready? Yep, yep, I'm ready. Number two. So better than Beauty and the Beast. Yep. Okay. There we it, go. I thought long and hard about it. It was really close. <laughs> but just go ahead and All put right. it in it. Go there ahead. It is. Yeah. Number two for Nick. And well, we know, I know we know for me it is number one. Yep. Uh it's uh above Aladdin. Barely. Just barely. Um, I really did think about it for a bit this morning, and I was like, "Do I really yep. like it more than Aladdin?" Like, and you know, watching them back to back like this um, makes you think <laughs> a little bit differently about them. And I'm like, "No, 
I I love everything about the Lion King. Yeah, it's it's hard to argue. It's their best movie. Yeah, you, I, I I I would still say that their best movie is Beauty and the Beast, but it's not my favorite. Right. I mean, it's right there. It's on my list. It's number four. Right. Uh, and I, I mean, spoilers. Uh, it's it's kind of locked at this point. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, top- unless. Let's Frozen Two's just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the top five lists on here, like even the top ten is probably it's like definitely like the top five are probably pretty well locked on mine. I don't know yeah. about yours. I don't know about your. Uh, I don't. Well, <laughs> I'm open to getting like. Here's the thing. I want Robin Hood to get knocked off. <laughs> I wanted to get knocked down. Like, but it, I, but it's like at this point. It, I know it won't be. There's nothing. There's nothing that's going to knock it off because, like, 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 because, like, the only good movies coming up are like Pocahontas, Milan, uh, and Hercules. Because um, I and like, then, and you get like Hunchback and Tarzan. Yeah, there. I know full well that Tarzan certainly isn't. And I don't think Hunchback I don't even know how to. I don't even know how how I'm gonna do the episode. But and like later on, like we get Princess and the Frog, which is. I think it's good, but is it yeah. top ten? Eh. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple that will inch their way. That yeah. Have the, I, I don't want to say top ten because I feel like there's a couple in there. It's like I really do like that movie, and I just right. need to sit down and watch it and put it in context while looking at the list. Like, is is this is it is it is it better than um, Cinderella? I don't yeah. know. Like. No, but also yes. I, you know, it's it's gonna get tricky for some things. I know full well that like nothing coming up is that way. Right. Eh, I'm not gonna say that completely. There might be one thing. I mean, I, I mean, I know like I really like Wreck It Ralph, yeah. so that's you know that might be that might yeah. that might get up there, but not you know. Yeah. Um. But those are for future episodes. Yep. Until then, next week. 1995, Pocahontas, um, uh, problematic Disney movie that we can't wait to talk about. <laughs> Based uh, off a kind of true story, but not really. <laughs> I like not an adaption, just nope. inspired by in, it's inspired by true events in the same way that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is inspired by true events. <laughs> yep, Pocahontas had to stop Ed Gein from. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So, but uh, that's next week. So, uh, thank you all again for joining us. And have a magical day. Ball. No. Uh oh. I'm going to have to keep an eye on this because the stop broadcast. But there it is. It